0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash press pause radio and you can get access to over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Woo. <laughs> uh is that is that just your like very reserved, subversive uh like impression of uh twenty DuckTales reboot?
1: I don't know, man. Like it's as, it's about as excited as I get these days.
2: It's Sarah's warm
1: up. Yeah. Hey and then
0: it was it was pretty dope. I what mean, was that? Yeah, a type, aside from like some typecasting, like Kristen Shaw gonna be Kristen Shaw. So mm-hmm. like, you know, she plays the same fucking character and everything. But I do, but for some reason, like, I I like that being on Webigale. Um, but then there was like certain characterization that was just weird, like straight up Glamgold using the words, kill him. I don't care. And I'm like, whoa, you're just a rich Scottish duck who like has this like weird like rivalry with another rich Scottish duck. You've never been so casual about murder. But it's cool. It's 2017. Everybody who's rich is casual about murder. So, Seems
1: that way, doesn't it? Jeez.
0: Right. It, it, that was like the one weird thing. But other than that, it was uh, it was fucking dope. Sweet Easter eggs. Uh, Easter eggs to the point that like made the Disney nerd inside of me like fucking squeal. Um, <laughs> and then there were some like I'm um, dude. I mean, it's in the very beginning, so I ain't spoiling shit. But they were talking about how like they were gonna make uh, a quick trip to Cape Suzette. That is the town of Tailspin. That is where oh, oh, Hire yeah. for Hire is located. So, yeah. So, I'm like, oh, and then Comic Con did reveal that Darkwing is going to be in there, and so is St. Kernard. Uh, and then that's it. I have no idea what further his involvement is, but like, well, they're including, like, I mean,
1: Launchpad McQuack is in all three of them, isn't he?
0: Um, Launchpad was originally made for the DuckTales cartoon. He's not in the Carl Barks cart- uh, comic, but, um, he was, uh, then, uh, incorporated into Darkwing Duck. And then the creator of Darkwing yeah. Duck, Tad Stones, had the fucking audacity at some point within a panel to say that Launchpad of Darkwing Duck universe and Launchpad of Duck, uh, DuckTales universe are two different launchpads. They are, n- it's, it's a, sa- it's a different Duck verse. I'm like, no, <laughs> dude, not, not in my Duck canon. Come on. That's the same Duck verse. So I don't know. Anyway, I just want to and point
1: who, out that a Duck verse is in fact a thing.
0: Yeah, no, dude, there's, and there's, uh, unfortunately, that also includes the Mighty Ducks cartoon with uh, Tim Curry being a Ooh. giant fucking scary lizard.
1: No, thank you.
2: Andrew, you've been so quiet. Like, I got kids, man. The only thing animated I'm allowed to watch is Trolls <laughs> and Frozen. So if you want to talk about Frozen or Trolls and how great that <laughs> soundtrack is, like, I secretly love Trolls because that soundtrack is outstanding and Justin Timberlake knows how to do music. But that's for a whole another topic altogether. So what? That's no, all Paw I
1: Patrol? For. Oh, that's too bad.
2: No, no, they're not into that. No. Nope. The kids. Counterfeit that cat. Wait, that, thats not a thing. Is that
1: C- counterfeit cat? Yeah. Wait, what the fuck is counterfeit
2: cat? Please okay, so, explain okay, counterfeit cat to counterfeit me.
1: Counterfeit cat is about it, this it, alien, right? It's a blue little alien that dresses up like a cat and passes off as a cat. I and there's really like thought, another actual cat. Yeah.
2: I really thought this was gonna be like Canada's Heathcliff or something that I didn't No, no. Um,
1: okay. I, I don't think, I think it's, it's a Canadian it... cartoon actually, but it was yeah. on Teletoon and I did the music for uh the music and sound direction actually for a uh, um uh, a web game for the counterfeit cat and it was number what? one the number one game on teletoon.ca, yeah.
2: What dude about this?
0: <laughs> yeah, this sounds like Canada's version of Caillou Meets Invader Zim. <laughs> So like, well,
1: this is. Know, I'm, gonna, I'm what, gonna look up
2: this game now. You know. This that, is right? essential
1: gaming. It is.
2: Can I, can I review this game? I, I know I'm not really much for reviewing stuff. No, no, we can't, Dude, No, 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 can't. Conflict of interest. It's oh, true.
1: This interest. Right, yeah, right conf- yeah. You, you can give it a zero out of five <laughs> with an asterisk beside it.
2: I would give it Ashtag twenty. I give it twenty <laughs> out of five.
1: Twenty hadoukens Jeez,
2: before reuse.
1: <laughs> four, yeah, four full reuse That's the same um, as one full Ken <laughs> oh, or, or, or I don't ha- know ha- told you <laughs> <laughs> You seen Abigail in that? Oh my god, what the fuck?
2: No, dude's dude's like and up five... above the life bars. It's fucking insane.
0: And 5 sure, Just for fucking just for safe measure. Um I dude, see, I don't have I don't have the like leisure or or uh, better yet, the the more appropriate word would be leverage to really justify like my fucking cartoon digest. Um But yeah, man, it, I'm pretty much just keeping up. Like, that's really the only modern cartoon. I don't know. I kind of, I started Gravity Falls for a hot minute, but then that got like, uh, and then like, I'm still reeling from like regular show coming to a close. Mm. But then JJ Quintel was just like, Oh, here's this trailer for close enough. And I was seriously going, Oh, so, um, I don't know. We'll dig that. There's, there was definitely. More drugs than I, like, really anticipated there being, so I don't know. I just hope TBS doesn't fuck it up, because, mm. like, they've been known to do exactly that. Fuck it up. Um, and, and not in that sweet, like, we're going to the club way. Like, this is dead now. We can't, there's no going back. Um, but anyway, yeah, man.
2: Um, hey, Senator, what episode is this, anyways? Yeah, I was going to ask you, because I don't know why we're here. What are we doing here? It's
1: like episode 104 or something, isn't it?
2: Um, no,
0: nah, I think this is episode
1: 105.
2: 105. Well, I'm sure this is we'll find out. Episode... <laughs> we'll figure this out. <laughs> we, we should fact check this before we start recording.
1: I wonder I if don't... we should hit the music.
2: Hey, Yeah. as well. I'm, I'm
0: down with that. All right.
1: Welcome to Press Pause Radio, episode one hundred four or one hundred five, whichever it is. I'm sure we'll, we'll label it properly. So I fact checked uh, one hundred
0: five. Yeah, it's. I think it's one hundred five. I mean, I don't think we're at the point where it's like we're we're The Simpsons yet, where like we have to James L. Brook that shit and just eyeball the quality. We're not there yet. <laughs> not quite. Um, not quite.
1: So, but... welcome to episode one hundred five of Press Pause Radio. I'm your host, Sarah Flash. And uh, with me today, to my left, I have the one, the only, the wonderful, the uh, seductive Georgia Warzaks.
0: Give me far too much credit.
1: <laughs> Maybe Bird. not enough, sir. Someone who else, uh, someone else who doesn't uh, get enough credit as well, the uh, the one and only Toast Andy hey, Hanshu. What's going I'm on? I'm
2: over here. I am tucked under your arm like a baby bear with this papa bear. Look at that. That's AKA Mr. Swipe Right. Am They're
1: I
0: this. right, ladies? Yeah. Am I right? Yes. He's right. Swiping great. Right. All the
2: way. Don't tell um. my wife. That's not something to <laughs> talk about yet. I'm slowly trying to incorporate that into our conversations. <laughs> trying to spice things up a little bit. Hmm. <coughs>
0: I I don't know, man. I don't I don't think I've ever really hit that that um point where role play has ever been a, a point of discussion. I mean the conversation but, like,
2: between Courtney and I to have Sarah involved in our love making has come up a few times. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna hey say now. I, hey, hey. You you're giving me far
1: too much you're giving me far too much credit now.
2: I I long for the days that we can go back to PAX. Courtney don't even know.
1: What are these days? I, I can't wait.
2: I could have sworn that it was uh, there was like a
0: hotel at one point that came with one of those uh, like uh, shower sex harnesses that like I I I don't know when it exactly that you I, mean like, the curtain I fully <laughs> what are you realized it about? <laughs> no not the curtain there's like these suction cup uh, it's like a suction cup accessory they're like uh, I know it's, it's an apparatus that you can just Come hold on. onto and cradle yourself no
2: well, I does I it feel go, like does it go I, a long like, ways or does it like go like to like corner like like does it like go into the corner
0: does it require like...
1: a vacuum pump?
0: I, 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 re- I totally remember sleepily um, talking to Sarah about this at the airport one year at PAX. It was like the same year that we lost a, a full Cards Against Humanity set oh, um, no. at the airport. Really? Think, uh, that was the year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember what we ate, but I just remember. Granola bars, Like Sarah man. and I were I, I Sarah have, and the, I we have just...
2: the Cards Against Humanity set we got from PAX in Seattle.
0: No, we got another one. Oh, there's, okay. There's a couple other times because we got a few different review copies, but I just remember it was that same like that same trip. We lost that. We were talking about the weird sex thing that I think our hotel room came with, and at some point, either me and Sarah were eating pizza, in my heart, or something, and he just told me that I was his best friend, and we were so sleepy, <laughs> and I don't remember. <laughs> you guys just fell asleep
2: in each other's laps. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty I, I much dude. I barely remember that, but that is the truth. Oh, oh
0: man. It happens. Well, no, but they the make pr- those. The is, I is, think like... they even sell them at Bed and Bath Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, I think. All right.
1: Firmly I in the be, Beyond section, right? Yeah.
2: We're going to be looking up that link now.
1: <laughs> um, oh, but no,
2: I we had this conversation on one of the play plays. Like, George doesn't sleep when we're at PAX, nor does he sleep anytime. I came to realize no. that it's and, uh, beyond he's, me.
1: He's obviously one of the undead. It's possible. The average human being
0: sleeps away 26 years of their life. It's a 30 you year old. Yeah. That, yeah, but have, not if you're I,
1: undead. I,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. So, dude. The, the, the because your life is, isn't you know part what, of the we,
1: equation, then, right?
0: But, but no, okay. Do you know what you can do in 26 years? You can learn a language. Uh, well, uh, like four like, years. Like you can, yeah. Only four years could, for a language. Like, you can in, in like, fucking ingratiate yourself with an entire culture. You mm. can probably travel the world more than once. Like, that's a lot of time, dog. And then, like, that's something like that. Like, you gotta realize, like, there are times where you could be doing that, or you could be falling asleep, pooping, uh, and like, Which and you I gotta, don't. and you kind of gotta <laughs> wait. Yeah, and you gotta wait. You gotta weigh out, like, what, where do you wanna, where do you wanna be, like, between those two scenarios? Do you wanna, like, do you wanna be out there, like, on safari within the Serengeti, like, looking at things you've never seen before, or do you, or do you wanna, like, wake up hungover on the, on the toilet? Like, super passed out, asleep.
2: But (laughs) I I, I enjoy being the director of my night movies. I I, I see, yeah. I I, I gotta have my sleepy time dreams. I mean... Where where I dream about random shit from school, and I dream about waking up late for work when I'm not. (laughs) That shit sucks.
1: Or, like, (laughs) working when you've got to go to work. Like, I hate that. Uh, Working when you... It's the worst. Dreaming of work when you've got to work, and getting up and doing another full shift after you've just dreamt a full shift. That's the worst fucking shit. Is Um, it not? What a waste.
2: Yeah, because when I first was starting my new job, uh, it involves emergency services. I would hear, like, sirens, like, in my sleep, like, in my dreams. It was the worst thing ever. I just, like, I had bags under my eyes. I wasn't sleeping Uh, right. It was terrible. Yeah. I've gotten used to it now, but it was pretty fucking terrible the first couple weeks. That's all I dreamt about.
1: On the flip side, man, like there have been times where I've dreamt of like the most insane colors, like just huh. super saturated landscapes that I could never see in real life. Damn. It's like the world is dull by comparison.
2: That's the kind of shit. Well, I don't know what you're on, but I'll, hey, man, that's kind oh, of essentially what hey. trying to say is he dreams in vaporwave. So. <laughs> in Are you hyper-comer? vaping? Do you vape and I... then you go to sleep? Is that how that
1: works? <laughs> no. You know what? <laughs> I I might have an answer for what I was actually on. Are you ready for this? Okay. Anybody can get it. It's completely legal. It's called oh, no. um it's called cheese. Mm, if but... you eat cheese before you go to bed, apparently your your mind goes into fucking overdrive. Oh I yeah, dude,
0: it. have you ever heard of pizza nightmares? Pizza nightmares are the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> like it's gotten to the point. I'm not kidding. Come on. There's it's it's proven. <laughs> like dude, I mean... you are I, you increase the odds of having a night terror if you eat, like, a certain amount of pizza or otherwise, like, fucking saucy pastry Italian cuisine.
2: I honestly right now have half a block of Havarti in the fridge, and I got some Stouffer's French bread pizzas. I'm ready to go on a fucking expedition. Let's do this. Let's go. Dude, don't treat frozen food like fucking peyote. Dude, like... I'm on my spirit journey. I got three cheese and combination. I'm ready to fucking go on this voyage. Hold my hand.
1: Let me take, take you, with you with on me. a journey, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I you went know, to the fucking... woods to look for my spirit animal. I came back with a two-four and a pack of smokes, eh?
2: It, it was that fucking pizza hut <laughs> from Spaceballs. That's my
1: uh, oh my man, that's <laughs> your spirit it's animal. he's <laughs> just Fucking violently
0: shifting in his sleep, like fucking Neo in the Matrix, and they were like, "What's happening?" <laughs> like, oh, he had Velveeta. Oh, God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my
1: goodness. Uh,
2: Man, I'm going to eat way too much cheese now trying to fucking just be there with you in those colors. Wait, you can't
0: trigger this. This isn't something that, like, (laughs) you can't break the code. I will find a
1: way. (laughs) You've got different cheeses, but they're like totems. They're like totems, like an Inception.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I've, no, I've dude, got this yeah. little baby bell in my pocket. That's that's how I know that I'm still awake. It's like I'm dropping
2: acid, but it's just like, yeah, just little snack cheeses I got in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Cheese strings. G- like.
0: Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just giving you the kick with like a
2: brie in his hand, and he's just like, come on. <laughs> I love this way too much. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. I'm so sad this isn't what uh, life's going to be like, though. I just know. It. <laughs> uh.
1: Uh, You'll have to report back next time with your findings. I will. I'll I'll give you my cheese update next time we talk. (laughs) Oh my god! Hashtag cheese dream
0: diaries. Can we? Can that be just like a weekly? Cheese dream
1: diary. Yes, it. It has to be done.
2: Jesus, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have Uh, to. Jesus?
1: Did I hear that right?
2: Is it cheese and diaries or cheeses? Jesus. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's that's my that's my own personal savior. Uh, What the fuck were we talking about, man? Video oh, yeah, games, apparently. We... Okay.
1: Yes. <laughs> Chee- cheesy games. Che- cheesy video games. Okay. So, uh, today- If you die on... with the cheese, you die for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all right. Uh, today, on our press pause radio goodness, cheese notwithstanding, uh, we're going to be uh, going into a bit of news, a little what's in your console, and then on to the main event, uh, disposable gaming, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon that I've had the misfortune of sort of discovering along the way so we're gonna take a look and dive deep into that topic when it comes time but uh, i guess we'll go into some news here we'll uh we'll take take a look here at uh, Pokemon Go uh, or is it Pokemon Wo?
2: <laughs> our
1: Pokemon? Whoa. No. Pokemon oh. no.
2: No. I I haven't oh. played it in a minute. Pokemon. Oh. It needs to.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually let, let's go ahead let's, let's let's whip out our uh let's whip out our stats oh because God. um
2: it's not even going to be well, close well, to anything you guys have so I'm not even going to try.
0: Mine's pretty bad dude. Like yeah. it's no, as in bad. Like I put in a lot of oh, time. Oh, um, like bad. There's life. this new
2: damn dude.
1: Shit, yeah, I brought this... up 1942.
2: Fuck. It's <laughs> a Common problem. It um... <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, now more than ever. Sarah has flashbacks <laughs> of <laughs> anyway...
2: 1942 for some reason. Like. Oh, you're talking about a video game? Okay, my bad. Yeah, I, right. I remember the, it. the
0: Capcom shoot 'em up. Mm. Um. I have. Uh, it's as clear in my mind as ever. It happened in 1984. So, with the new read feature that they've introduced into uh, Pokemon Go, you can actually like display some, uh, which is weird because these stats are completely inaccessible at any other point within the game. I heard it. Uh, <laughs> fucking
2: Jesus Christ! So, so, so someone's getting them right now.
1: My bad.
0: <laughs> um, I am. I am currently level 32 with 480. Three battles won and a walking distance of 458.56 kilometers and 500, I'm sorry, 5,086 Pokemon caught. Um, I It's pretty bad. I've already. Where do you see this? Is this
1: in the journal or something or what?
0: So that's what I was trying to say. You cannot see this information uh, unless you are at the uh, lobby screen, like waiting for the battle to start against a raid. So, what you can do is you'll see, like, the avatars of other individuals in their Pokemon Go accounts, And if you tap on them, it'll reveal this information. Um, so, I found that really interesting because I never really knew just how many kilometers it uh, tracked. Because, uh, so, like... Five kilometers is three miles. So I've, I was just like really curious to like really chronicle like how much and like you kind of kind of want to aggregate like how much of that is in a fucking car or in a moving vessel of some kind that like the GPS can't keep up with. Um, but yeah, Go goes in a weird space because we, I went from like not caring about the game for months on end to like suddenly caring and unfortunately spending money on it again. Um
1: You know it's... what? There's ways around that. I can look up these stats. I've... Um if you go to your character I have a Mega Carp uh-huh. on my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I dude, no joke, I bought I bought in game clothing. Like I pulled an Andrew. Like I bought <laughs> fake, yeah. dumb yeah. Avatar clothes. That's really what for be
1: uh, uh... It. Like I've yeah, it, walked two hundred and eighty four point three kilometers with this active like <laughs> Obviously, it's been like six or seven times that much. But, um, let me see here. Like, I've got, I've evolved 168 Pokemon. I, oh, yeah, you can find, there's new medals. 119. Yeah, the medals show you everything. Uh, I've only won 131 battles.
0: But see, Um, it sounds like you've played a lot less than I have. Like, oh, yeah, no, I I haven't
1: played very much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there was recently a, um, there was a uh, the GO event to celebrate the anniversary, which uh, yeah. was in preparation. Uh, and, you know, we didn't really talk about the shit show that that was. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it was pretty bad. Everything collapsed. No, it,
0: well, yeah. Uh, Niantic, uh, they were definitely playing the blame game, too. Uh, they brought in, like, at least 10 different mobile towers for all carriers, uh, which is also strange. Because, like, as far as America... Uh, a lot of the major carriers, aside from like Verizon and Sprint, like Verizon, I think Sprint even uses like some form of GSM. Uh, I think Verizon's like that outlier with like CDMA tech, which I don't know if they still use. So don't don't Sprint fucking is, quote me.
1: Sprint is CDMA.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. See. So like I know like T-Mobile and AT and T, they can like piggyback those, off of each other. Those
1: are GSM.
0: Yeah. So like I don't I don't really know what the fuck happened, but basically. The, the entire Pokemon Go infrastructure was finally revealed to be powered by, like, a fucking, like, a potato light and some <laughs> chicken wire. It was, and, and man, that, that whole thing was just damage control upon damage control, and, and John Hanky was just fucking sweating bullets. And then, like, it even led to uh, attempted litigation that was ended up uh, settled out of court, because people traveled across the country. Some people even traveled from Japan God. to uh, yeah, to attend that event, and like they did not yeah. think that a hundred dollars worth of PokeCoins and a refund for the event, uh, was enough. Uh, Which is like twenty bucks for a or something
2: like that, right? Some.
0: Yeah, the the compensation there and the reparations were uh, unfortunately not. They 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 weren't down. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so, um,
1: it's a good way to get rid of your core audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I
0: mean that's the thing Pokemon Go hasn't really slowed down like if you look at the numbers especially within the last uh within the last couple of weeks just from the the raid events and like so okay am I the only one between the three of us that's participated in the raids
1: no I've done raids
0: I have not it it is such a fucking hassle like I, if anything it, it is definitely branched like people out It is introduced like soccer moms and people that you would never find in a discord chat uh it has brought all walks of life and it, it's just an absolute shit show like if you guys have ever heard or seen that weird uh like i don't know it's it's a dumb meme or allegory but it really holds true in certain uh where you'll never really know like like the patience or otherwise the will and temperament of a person until you put them in front of slow internet uh the same could be said with somebody who is just like simply waiting on uh like other people for raids and like that 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 whole new dynamic of obligated dependability and and relying on like those extra heads is oh dude i i've already seen like the ugliest that like people have to show just from somebody not caring to wait another 5 fucking minutes. Like some dude like literally blew up on us at one point before a raid and said fuck you guys, I'm leaving. Over 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. It I I don't know. I I kind of feel like it's it's really messed with the um the paradigm like the the like this one like once like somewhat like casual game like it's a, it's a dumb it was a dumb walking fucking real life safari zone simulator that's actually like gotten to the point where like they've divulged like IV like individual value like uh, like one of these like obtuse fucking like meta dynamics from like actual fucking like Pokemon games are in Pokemon Go now. Um, and then uh, aside from that, like I I don't know, man. Uh, but Sarah, like, have you got If you had better
1: luck with raids? Uh, ish. I mean, we've encountered our own fair share of douche nozzles, really. Um, um <clears throat> around here they've sort of, uh, sort of paired off into clicks, which is pretty terrible. Uh, as if it wasn't bad enough in high school, now we got to deal with that around here with all these Pokemon players. It's really weird seeing your district manager roll up in an SUV looking for the latest uh, legendary bird, though. That's kind of bizarre. <laughs> I.
0: Yeah, the birds. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's too little or too, or too late, but like there, there's um, and even then, it's kind of already like it's kind of set in this like fatigue, um, with uh essentially like Mewtwo. Like, I, I, the fact that you can't—they're—they're they're more or less like shiny bobbles. That, like, you can't do a whole lot with aside from using them to attack other gyms or raids. The fact that you can't put the I mean, I understand, like, there are checks and balances involved. But, like, it, it feels like so much effort is output into, like, just chasing down a legendary. Like, the catch rate is below 2%. Um And, and even then, if I were to go over my encounters versus my actual yeah. caught... It it is disgusting. Like I mean just the raid mechanic alone has definitely charged uh, over thirty to forty bucks.
1: I'm I managed to get Articuno, uh, but I haven't gotten anything else. Nothing else. Absolutely not. And I mean the fact of the matter is if you want to do more than one raid in a day, you gotta pay in. Yeah. Uh
0: but I mean, and then it's the thing too. Uh like when Niantic recently shifted like a lot of the the gym mechanics to where instead of it being a tower of up to 10 uh potential vacant spots that you can like you know occupy it is now just 6 um and they and, and uh, even without like being challenged you still have to maintain the the gym uh and feed it berries to encourage it and give it motivation the issue is while the system is really cool for accessibility and kind of makes it to where, you know, staying in a gym or being in a gym. And, and again, that, that the, the the mileage may vary depending on where you're at, like, locally as, as far as your populace, whether you're in, like, a metropolitan area or a rural area or residential. Like, we... I want to say, we're not even in a in metropolitan per se, but we're in a populated area where the game is still being actively played. Right. Uh I can stay in a gym up to five hours on average, and that's actually the length of time you just need to stay in it. But, and, and Niantic is not really elaborated on the dynamics. There's no incentive to capture multiple gyms because there's a cap of 50 coins a day. 50 coins, Which yeah. is, yeah, so see, like, I feel like if I've, uh, and I correct, see, tell me if I'm right on this, because we've been trying to figure it out, and we think we figured it out, but then somebody, like, it, it just keeps going back and forth. So until then, we're like, we're gonna just fucking, I don't know. Um, if we have, uh, if we already claim 50 coins from, like, one Pokemon that's returning, but you already have another Pokemon at a gym at subsequent time, and then they happen to return within the same day, we've noticed that we haven't got the coins for their occupancy. And I don't know if that's because you once you claim 50, that's it. Any Pokemon that you get back after that are, are not going to bring you coins, which yeah, kind of messes up. Yeah, pretty much,
1: the- unless they come back the next day.
0: So they have to come back the next, like, basically the next, once it strikes midnight. So that's Pretty what we were much. thinking, but like, it's never really been confirmed, mm. but like, it, it, it's, it's just, it, there's so much conjecture, and the fact that Niantic is so fucking quiet, like, they never really elaborated much before, but considering that they're introducing like this new level of depth, I, I, I don't know. It, there was it, an article the...
1: recently on cracked.com that sort of went over the, many faux pas that Niantic has been sort of responsible for recently with the whole Pokemon go thing. It seems like every time they update something, uh, something else breaks almost catastrophically Um, or it doesn't get implemented properly. So they have to go in and fix it and it takes weeks to do. Um, And it just basically causes a lot of frustration.
0: Yeah. I mean, like even then there's like, there's excitement for Mewtwo. Sure. But like, I feel like there's so much else that they can do that could, like, just give, uh, I don't know, just, like, more, th- that c- just could add just something, I, I don't know, like.
1: I'm more. just kind of waiting for them to implement either trading or battling, like. I think that'll really boost it up, but, I mean, how are they going to handle that? Are they going to mess that up, too, like.
2: They, yeah they, they, I they, mean, they said battling was coming right wasn't that already confirmed they were doing that see well okay they've in so many words like uh talked
0: about how um trading is and, and like it's true trading it, like it is not it does not have the sort of paradigm to where trading would feasibly work. Uh, essentially, the fact that it's a game that is the very like it, it doesn't encourage anything being done remotely. I mean, they did include a a feature at a later point. I don't think it was implemented at around the same time, but uh, and then that week to give you the uh, option to remotely feed berries to any any Pokemon that you have at the gym. But aside from that, nah, man, it, it's pretty much the same game with some refi- like a lot of different refinements in terms of the different berries or whatnot. But like. I don't know. I feel like there, like, th- there's an end game excitement to Mewtwo, sure, but like, there's definitely been a sense of fatigue. Like, by the time that Zapdos came around, and like, dude, that's like that, thats the bird that represents my team. By the time that uh, that Zapdos came around, I, I was somewhat like, I, I mean, I was there's there's definitely excitement, sure, but there's ambivalence because I just feel like, okay, well, like, what's gonna happen? And even then, like, I think there's something fundamentally wrong. With, like, just how prevalent, like, this, this bird can be, these birds can be when they're supposed to be legendary. Like, I just find it weird that I've only ran into fucking two Mareep in this game's entire life cycle, but I've run to at least 15 different mole traces. Like, when you say that sentence out loud, it sounds very strange, you know? And I don't know what they're going to do to kind of balance it or kind of give more depth to the game, but, there's not a lot I don't see a lot of legs like but on also this like after how, the Mewtwo 2 event
1: How about how they uh they introduce legendary birds after the gen 2 pokemon started uh, started rolling out though, right?
0: Well, right, and and only that they they also introduce Lugia. So, so like, like there's four birds.
1: Sure, but I mean, when we talk about an end game here, there's not really an end game until we get through all 1000? Well, see, like, oh and God. who's, I, 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 I doubt, I don't think there's
0: a thousand Pokemon. There's, well, like, over eight hundred.
1: Yeah, I'm just generalizing. Still, still too many. you know. For, if you count yeah, the I Shinies, think. because there are, in fact, Shinies.
0: There's two confirmed Shinies. Really? There's Magikarp and Pikachu. Huh.
1: Mm-hmm. So if, if Shinies can exist, weird... that means that there's at least 1,600. Oh.
0: And then I don't know who at Niantic... Fucking like didn't really pay attention, but the sprite used for or the model, what whatever you whatever the you, you want to call it, the coloring used for Zapdos's model is the coloring used for his shiny um, palette. However, he doesn't have like any of the traits or qualities that would define him to be shiny. It, it's just that's just a fucking whoopsie daisy. I'm actually curious to see if they'll correct that, but it doesn't look like they have. Like since all the birds have been out, and they're gonna be out until the end of the month, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, so see. I don't know. There's been Niantic has definitely been like promoting that, like you know, Mewtwo is it, it? They they've definitely been making a big deal. Like Mewtwo is in Japan right now. Like it's fucking crazy. But there's been like absolutely no illusion, no hint, n- nothing. To the the tune of uh, when we would expect Mewtwo in other regions.
1: Oh, they I don't also even think... need to. They also need to address the uh, regional Pokemon. Like I haven't heard anything about whether or not Mr. Mime will come to North America, for example. So, okay, so that they kind of
0: have alluded to. So, uh, in Japan, they had the Safari Zone event, and they're gonna recreate that at malls. And at the Safari Zone event, they did catch Kangaskhan. And they did catch Mr. Mime, uh-huh. um, but there's been no reports of Tauros, which is our regional. Um, huh, really? Also, Gen Two has a really weird regional uh, where, and I like I haven't got we have neither. I, in fact, I, I, Andrew, if you play and you see it, fucking log into my account and catch it because my favorite Gen Two Pokemon is a fucking regional and I can't get it, and that's Heracross. And I I think you're still too north of the hemisphere. For it to get like the, the, I don't even know what they're gonna do for the following gens, but the I regional thing is kind of fucking is. obnoxious. What the fuck, what dude? Is it? He's the, dope, he's the beetle, dopest beetle, bug it? Pokemon. Yeah, he's a fucking, he's a crazy fighting beetle. Yeah. He's a McFighter. He's a big old. I just want Hitmon Lee. Him is he in this yet? Yeah, no, Hitmon Lee was in the first gen. Well, I'm in like, China I or something
1: like that, right? I, I ain't at this yeah. level.
2: I don't even know how to get Mewtwo. I haven't done a raid.
1: I have Hitmonchan. Chan motherfucker I
2: don't, I don't have anything cool i don't have any, i have pikachu with a christmas hat on that's it Oh my god. no dude you can get but dude until
0: the end of the month i think or i don't know if that's over you can get pikachu with an ash hat god huh. damn it
1: pikachu outbreakers yeah, so they say
0: yeah there's also pikachu with a party hat that that was fucking cool i do like that like there's some like meta breaking of the game like there's been like people have taken the initiative to like theme gyms Um, our team is fucking like, they're a bunch of glue eaters. So like, we can't get anybody to fucking coordinate a theme. Like every time we get something going, then the, that like, there's going to be that one person that just doesn't recognize, like doesn't read between the lines and just fucking sticks a right on in there. So around
1: here, there's a family of people actually that, uh, that loads it up with every Evie.
0: Yeah. So like there's the Evie theme, uh, there are team rocket themes. There's like a color theme or like a type theme. Um, we we tried to do a Pikachu hat theme, but it doesn't work because you can't put more of the same poke in, in one gym, mm. so it, it counts as the same. That like really bummed me out. Um, there's a baby theme, uh, like there like there was even a, a Nitto Queen and a Nido King theme where it had all the evolutions. Like there, everybody's been having some fun with it. Um, you know when you're not on instinct, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Go I don't know Go has definitely seen some life. Uh, but I, while the events seem promising, I I just feel like they've been executed in such a way to where the game is gonna run right back into a weird stagnation where I, I feel like a lot of people are gonna struggle on whether or not they care. It's it's, it's like I don't know that that's me personally. Yeah, but, I, but it's I been can definitely. A lot of money.
1: I could definitely see that there might be some stagnation sooner rather than later on it. Um. Obviously, everyone's going to be out in force as soon as Mewtwo is released, right? But I think that's going to be it. We're going to see like, huge spikes of activity when these big Pokemon are are made available, and then after that, then what? Exactly.
0: But we're going to get Andrew that Mewtwo. Don't yeah, you worry, you Tell me Andrew. how to
2: do yeah. it. I don't have any fucking idea how to do it. No <laughs> clue. <clear.
1: laughs> get well, to yeah, know the see, people that's... in your neighborhood or something. I don't know. Well, I, I, that's I, I paid... live
2: around corn. That's all I have around here. I don't <laughs> think there's a Pokestop. <laughs> in this field that's next to me or
1: just, just give a mobile phone to a scarecrow. He'll know what to do.
2: Oh shit. Okay. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Get get all those, uh, well, with that being
0: said, speaking of Nintendo and lawsuits, I mean,
1: Oh yeah. This, (laughs) uh, So, like, okay, so Nintendo's being sued by this company that made this thing called the, what was it called again? It was the... uh, The Wikipad. The Wikipad. And the idea behind the Wikipad is that it was, in fact, a tablet that would be uh, snapped into, like, it's similar to what the Wii U, or not the Wii U, the, uh, the, the Switch. It's similar to what the Switch is doing, but it's a lot more cumbersome, obtuse, and it's designed, in my opinion, pretty garishly. Um, but the I want to say the thing that really sort of bothers me about this, and uh, this was covered on uh, Review Tech USA on um, on YouTube as well, um, is that the WikiPad hasn't been in production for over four years.
0: I yeah, this is definitely a very transparent cash grab. Yeah. And it like the thing like I remember like in when it first came out like cuz remember we're like that looks like if the Gizmodo and the GameCom had like some weird dumb trash baby with the Nvidia shield like just a the like the most dumpster ass dumpster baby um and and it just, basically looks like, like a
1: malformed game gear.
0: Right. It like there was nothing appealing about it. It didn't have uh, the software support that it would have <laughs> in a handheld climate, it didn't have. <laughs> it, like there
1: isn't. It basically turned it turned the system into like a Duke.
0: Yeah, it's a fucking it, it, like it was. It was essentially like the Gizmodo cometh. Like mm. again, like it was the whole thing within itself is, is would be tragic if it wasn't pathetic. And and the fact that like the company saw an opportunity. I mean. I I mean I I gotta give them some sort of credit for just the brass to do that sort of thing because as you'd mentioned yeah they they haven't been actively manufacturing this said device that they mm-hmm. feel that co- like Nintendo has like uh, unlawfully infringed upon and and like that alone I feel like that just that fucking bit of minutia alone uh I feel like would would just totally downplay any sort of legitimacy or weight that that, that this fucking case even has hmm. but never mind the I mean, fact
1: that there have been numerous other devices that have done more or less the same thing and surprise surprise they haven't gone gone up or or gone after any of them only yeah, Nintendo it, they're the big dog right so
0: well i i it, it begs the question that like had Nintendo Switch not fared as well as it did would this even be an issue? It, it, the, the whole thing is just so transparently, like, fucking trite in, in, in what the, uh, aspiration need, like, what the end game is here that, you know, I, I feel like any, any judge, anyone even reviewing, anyone even like, Fucking casually versed within patent law is gonna see what what's happening, and is not gonna give it much entertainment? I don't see this being any sort of uh. It, it's a non-issue, it, it in is, my yeah. opinion. I think like, and any it any, has any been judge, by bigger.
1: any judge who looks at this is going to more or less immediately dismiss it. I mean, there's there's no legal there's no legal grounds for what uh, what these guys are doing. Well, and, and I mean even then like the
0: the one thing that they're definitely like they're they're holding on to uh that they they because I feel like that's the one uh aspect that might like lend uh, like a fucking modicum of credibility uh to this whole endeavor is the uh the detachable functionality of the Switch's Joy-Cons mm-hmm. which even then like I I mean just from like a like a form factor like perspective like i i don't see the resemblance i don't see the
1: correlation um like this shit is reaching uh, nintendo would have to go through the same patent offices to get their thing approved right if they submitted a design they would be said they would say or the the patent office would say oh wait this other company has a similar design sorry we're not going to award you a patent
2: you yeah, would hope that I they're, just, like, as on it as they should be when it comes to that stuff. I'm not quite sure. I feel like some things could probably slip through the cracks. But in this case, no, it's probably just a money grab. But I, I got to imagine as many things that come through a patent office, I, I can't imagine they would catch something like that. I mean, if it was uh, well, like, as similar, you know?
0: Honestly, the most threatening thing they could do, and on, it would be the most, like, the absolute most petulant thing they can fucking do, but I can totally see it is if there is like a fucking law office out there somewhere or like a court, I should say not law office, if there's a court that's currently overseeing this case, if they have like, if they see enough to grant an injunction to it, Mm -hmm. that will hurt Nintendo because once something like that is cleared, Nintendo is lawfully required to put a, a temporary halt on sales oh and, and they cannot legally. And it and yeah. In stock which, as, as it is already. Right. Yeah. And, and to do that, especially like it, in the big shopping season, that's around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think would do the most damage to Nintendo. I
1: mean, also that's that's part of the uh, the lawsuit too is that they're they're sort of demanding that Nintendo halts production and sales of the uh, of the Switch immediately pending this, right? But I don't know. Oh,
0: dude, yeah, like I said, this is a transparent cash grab. I I like I'm gonna call it right now. I'm gonna fucking like Nostradamus this shit. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna do they're gonna go for the injunction move. They're going to angle this and then they're going to. Uh, essentially, like, corner Nintendo into doing an out of court settlement yep, money just to it. avoid. E- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just throw money at it to make it go away, and then these fucking pieces of shit who haven't been relevant for years on end can walk away with something just because they know they're, they, they put Nintendo at some sort of risk. I mean, granted, yeah. again, I did finish saying that this is a non issue, but that's in the grand scheme of things. If they could do something now, especially with the Switch being out for less than a year. Like, and, and the fact that it, one of its biggest, hol- like, one of the biggest releases, like, what essentially, like, Andrew just admitted it, like, out loud would be the system selling point. If you fucking, like, release software like that and then completely deny any access to the system, like, no, that that would fuck Nintendo up. So I'm pretty sure, like, something to that effect might go down. But then again, we, I don't know, maybe a sensible judge might be able to see exactly what this is and not see the fucking correlation. So we can only hope. But yeah, that that really is hope. the that is the most like th- that is the biggest threat behind this whole ordeal is what it can do to Nintendo just over the holiday. Uh and I don't even know when like the uh just the decision to even grant or otherwise consider the injunction. There hasn't been any news yet. But I'm also trying to think of, like, how long Nintendo has to even appeal that if they would make it in time for the holiday. Because, like, if they tie it over, then, like, they could at least be that. I don't think any it, 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 fucking, like, there isn't a single justice system out there, like, that works that fast. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Typical, right? Anyway, Speaking yeah. Speaking of Nintendo. lawsuits,
1: uh, how about that No Man's Sky? <laughs> <laughs> Why Jesus. is there a lawsuit for that now? well there was at one point there was like there a was. class action yeah okay. but uh, allegedly it's been officially released
0: yeah the release a year after release right yeah
1: perpetual um, release there is
0: a lot of fucking content to this yeah. like i don't even know how big the the data size is on this update Um, I'll, I'll have to take a look at that, but this update essentially includes what they were promising from the very beginning of, of of the game's earlier development stages where you can actually, there's actually, uh, player upon player interaction. Like you can see other No Man's Sky players. There's a, there's an actual fucking story mode. There's actual like incentive and direction. Like it, like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, you know, granted, like, uh, I'll I respect anybody who defends the game if they can be reasonable about it. Like, Rob Rich loves the shit out of the game. Why? I don't know, but he really does. And like, now I feel like there's some sort of justification for it.
1: Mm. Um, it's not it's just not, like, the best three hour game ever made.
0: Yeah, like, it, it, it just, it's a weird to call it a survival game. When I don't feel like there's much, to, there, there aren't really a whole lot of elements to survive against other than like pigeonholing myself with, into a fucking situation where I, I'm stuck on some planet because I fucked up on my resources. And then I just gotta fucking walk and walk and walk and walk. Like, dude, there's more, I, I think there's more content in something like fucking Mirror Moon, which is deliberately minimalist and, and like, unlike No Man's Sky, something that actually had fucking direction for as subtle as it may have been. And you can also, you know, you know, sameless plug. Just, you know, check out the play play that we did on it. It's on the site. But anyway, um, yeah, I uh I I still have no man's sky. I've I'd Same. actually even be cu I'd be interested in reviewing this this real <laughs> you know, version of that's it. Out.
2: I honestly I have it and I have not loaded it up, haven't touched it. So this might be for me a good opportunity to jump in now with you know, said updates and maybe experience it and have more enjoyment out of it now. Than I would have when it first came out, so it's just kind of crazy that games nowadays—it's almost kind of worth waiting. You know, I've always been that mentality—you get the game as soon as it comes out, you experience it, you're playing it day one—and now it almost seems like that's not the way to play games.
1: Man, it's stuff like this that you you might think that uh, would give rise to like a phase two review. From publications, it's I, like okay, I've seen that. Here's initial review, yeah, and then a year later, another review, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Poly- see, Polygon's Polygon already that. does. Yeah, that. Polygon's
2: done that, and hell, I think didn't Polygon just review Dota, like Dota 2? They just reviewed yeah. it after like two thousand hours of playing it. They actually reviewed re-review,
1: it? yeah, no, like, an uh, actual review, forty
0: seven hundred, like an act, yeah, because oh, like God. Dota has always been it's always like
2: changing. an early access game. Yeah, It's always changing. It'd be like someone trying to review yeah. like player unknowns battlegrounds, like. You can't technically review it because it's in early access, but as complete of an experience as it is, why can't you review it? You know, like right. what what's dictating, what's reviewable, and what's not? It's kind of at the discretion of the people that are doing said review. But it's just with early access, with games not being done at launch, it opens up pretty much. You, it's open to interpretation, I think, at this point of what you can say or do with a game. You kind of have to be open about it because if you stick to just the release date, that's not the full experience most of the time. Right. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I have to
0: consider like just the real estate for my like hard drive storage as well. Like you know, I'm I we'll talk about it what's in your console, I'm sure, but like I think one of my favorite things about Sonic Mania is the fact that it's fucking 200 megabytes big. Like I yeah, I cannot
1: I appreciate that there's a lot of games that are tiny <laughs> despite being on a Blu-ray disc. Well, in your case it's a DL- a DLC game, but
0: yeah, like, uh, it was you. Yeah, you're the one that told me that fucking Wild Guns Reloaded, out available for, like, 30 bucks on a physically produced, ca- like, CD from fucking Natsume, of yeah. all things, which you, would like, you have to, like, ask yourself, like, how's Natsume still a thing? Is, uh, how many megabytes? Is 37? It's
1: under 50, yeah. I think it's, like, 37 megabytes.
0: Which is fucking, it is,
1: I don't know, Tiny. that's bonkers to I me. I mean, when you think of it, though, the original Wild Arms was something like, I don't know. What, two or three megabytes maybe
0: and like yeah and and like just just to like uh elaborate like i'm i'm not necessarily i'm discounting limited run games because that is a like that is a novelty boutique yeah i was gonna say like boutique
1: ask boutique ass publisher
0: yeah, like they, like that's all done for the nuance of a physical, like a game that you mm. never imagine to get a physical release getting a physical release. So, like, I, d- please do not count them. We're talking about, like, commercially available. Like, Wild Guns, for the most part, is, is pretty easy to find. I think it was available at, uh, most all retailers. So, like, I, I, I don't know. That, that shit just boggles my mind. But, I, I don't know. No Man's Sky is something that's worth checking out, but I, I I also kind of want to ask the price point because, like, these two updates have been free that I know of to anybody that owns a game for either platform. But the plat- the the game itself came out at sixty dollars, and I do not believe it's worth that much <laughs> at this moment. Eighty
1: dollars for us in Canada.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't. I don't think it's anywhere near that price point at this point.
1: However, my question. I've I've seen it as low as twenty.
0: Yeah. So that begs a question because of like this whole thing how do you address the people who like stuck with the game who actually like what sort of incentive do you give to like reward that because like i i don't know i That I is a very like good question. that that's and like i i can i can appreciate the struggle that like hello games has faced and the fact that they've owned up to it but like right now like the game okay the game still sells for 60 bucks but like it's seen a fair share of sales and right now as of this recording you can purchase it for 23.99 on on
2: PlayStation Network so my question becomes though if you do reward the people that have been there since day 1 how do you monitor that is it by gameplay is it by the things they I don't I know mean, that's a thing because it can not like I said I I've owned it since day 1 but You know, I haven't played it, so I, you know, I don't feel right that I should get something in game. You know, for having it, um, I would say maybe if you have a pre-order incentive attached to your account, then those are the people that maybe get the bonus, because then you can know well Well, they pre-ordered it, they got the bonus. So it's a constantly
0: ever-changing world that they monitor progress hours and investment into, like with all players, right? Like that—that's always been the case since the day one. I can only assume that like reward the people like. Me, I don't deserve it. I put less than, like, I, pff, I put like seven hours, and that's seven hours too much. And like, I, and then like, I had an editorial prepared and why like, I was not gonna bother reviewing fucking No Man's Sky. Uh, but the, the editorial never came to light. And then later, I put an editorial out as to why I'm not gonna bother re- re- fucking reviewing Mass Effect Andromeda. And that, that shit's, that, that's still giving me a headache. Um, I, I kind of I don't know. I, I I I applaud Hello Games for like, you know, committing and and the conviction is definitely like it's it's nice to see for the people who did care, but it's also like it's just it's just a weird hill to die on. I don't know. Hmm. I, um, I just feel
2: like they they stuck with it when they didn't have to. Like I I can honestly think of at least a few games that Came out, and they weren't the, the product that people expected, and then they kind of just let it die off. Like, I, I instantly think of Battleborn. Like,
1: oh, yeah. Battleborn
2: had a season pass. I can't tell you what the fuck was in that season pass, and I don't think they <laughs> even care anymore. Evolve. Yeah, evolve. Yeah. Evolve. They just, instead of trying to really go with, you know, trying to make it work or trying to come at it with new angles they made it free to play just we we just
0: own some free to play game that we once spent make some 60 money bucks back. on yeah
2: let's make some money back on this investment by making it free to play and hope that people will play it and then it just didn't have the community even after going free to play um so yeah I, I feel like you yeah you're right you have to at least kind of you know commend them for trying to keep you know keep it going try to bring stuff into the game that people have been wanting listening to the feedback and you know surprisingly enough people are Back playing it like it's getting a lot of buzz again. So, if they were just able to ride out the storm and just take all the ridiculous amount of criticism and the horrible amount of, you know, I, I I'll go as far to say harassment. I mean, there was oh yeah definitely thr- they've received de- death, death threats. threats. They've I mean,
0: received a bunch and of and they still
2: stuck it out. Then good on them. Like that's great that they you know are doing that. I think it should be commended. and I hope that you know players and 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 consumers that aren't, you know, crazy, actually will reward something like that. And I don't know. I just, I I hope it does well. I really do. And it kind of has me interested in playing it because I never did touch it when it was out. But like we said, you know, don't play the games when they come out. Maybe just wait a while and then go back. And um, I plan on doing that with a lot of games. I think I'll eventually play Horizon after, you know, it's gone down a reasonable price and I have the time to play said game. But I just feel like that's kind of the way some games have to be played now. It's just almost like, you don't want to play it day one because you're just not going to get the product that's supposed to be.
1: <clears throat> Almost like every AAA title these days, you should wait a year. Yeah. That, that way you've got <laughs> all of the content to bring out for less, right? Uh,
2: that's true. Unless it's like, you know, at that point, if you're playing something like a, a COD or like in my case, Destiny, you can't really wait. But, that, yeah, that, that, that's you, true. but you have to be so invested in that one game. You know, like I, I think like something like No Man's Sky, it's like Animal Crossing. You can pick it up months later And, you know, come back to it. You know, you don't have to be always progressing, always doing stuff. Like, you're not in a race against other people when you're playing something like that. Um, Same with single-player games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can, the only time, like, I'll probably, real estate comes real short. Uh, for for data storage, mm. and like I just found out that I only have like a hundred and forty gigabytes left on my PC, and I don't even know what the fuck.
2: Like, I I just need to you got, invest. Yeah, keep like, that Steam library real tight. Keep that Steam library I really, do. really tight. Just get. I, but get, dude,
0: I've had to keep every library really tight. Yeah. It's becoming like it's such a I'm, goddamn chore.
1: I'm looking into uh, storage options for my PC. Actually, I've got a good deal on a. Four terabyte drive that I'm probably gonna chuck into it and hope for the best. But uh, yeah, it's it's getting tight all around my, myself here too.
0: Hmm. Well, I I don't know. I'll probably have to I'll check out No Man's Sky at some point. But I you know I don't have a lot to add to it because like I again like just the fact that it's there. It it de- like. Is uh, Andrew was saying it, it's piqued my interest. Like I like it's it's in a conversation that mm-hmm. I'm willing to check out again. And I mean, I we I did put forth the investment to to check it out. So I mean, might as well, right? I mean, I'm thinking like around.
1: if it hits that magic twenty dollar price point again, I think I'll check it out at this point. It is it, at that magic twenty
0: dollar price point. Oh, not up here. It's, it, not. it's
1: It's still like forty bucks. Oh jeez. Yep.
0: Well. We'll we'll have to check back on uh, No Man's Sky. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe we'll, we'll have to a, a, a No
1: Man's cl- a game club on that. <laughs> Which planet did you get to? Which fucked up alien know, exactly, did you yeah. <laughs> try to sex with? Or I mean, what, what's what's your what was your derpiest creation? Right. Mm.
2: now we're getting into sport territory. <laughs> uh, I guess
1: you. one other little bit of news. Then, uh, with that said, that I just want to touch on here is that uh, Hyperkin is uh, teasing a new retro. Uh, style console seemingly to uh, to go up against the uh, the super nes classic because we all know that's not going to be available Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) and uh, they've got this thing called the super retron hd that they're going to be sort of releasing here and uh, basically it's um it's system on chip uh it's not quite software emulation it's not really hardware Uh, It's sort of like a, a line between the middle and i mean as as far as like their Superboy handheld goes, they've got some pretty good chops in the 16 bit department. Um, the super retron HD is going to have like design cues reminiscent of the Famicom. It's going to have a wider cartridge slot, uh, for both, uh, American and Japanese style games and uh, PAL for that, uh, for that matter, there'll be a switch on the bottom that allows for, uh, for, uh, switching between PAL and NTSC, as well as the four two three aspect ratio. And, uh, Sixteen to nine aspect ratio switches like was on the uh the NES version of the same system which we took a look at uh earlier on uh, press pause radio here and um I don't know I think I'm really excited for it but um what what do you guys think of of them releasing like a, a Snes clone console even though they have the Retron five
0: i I was just about to say I think it's a bit redundant and it's like that's exactly why they're doing it it's in direct competition to uh the snes classic because again like whether or not you can get your hands on the snes classic it, it makes the system relevant again like uh-huh. i guarantee you're gonna see an uptick in virtual console uh purchases just 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 the, the like the fact that it's relevant the fact that it's in uh the the ether uh of people's minds and and social feeds and i would imagine that even then like the, the I don't know I've seen definitely an upsurge of uh clone consoles just you know like blatantly styled after the NES classic mm-hmm. and even then like the the modding community uh ha, has really gotten to it because uh I think what the NES classic does like in in terms for NES games and and what it did do uh, was actually like one bridged over from the like the uh, emulation setup that you would find out of like something like the Retron Five, um, and the that really like the, the the hack community like the the modding community like dude they they went all over that and even then like I don't think you'll I, I think the best way still to look at the uh, an NES game in in a console format like something that you can like plug in through a machine. Uh, without via emulation is uh, as far as a Nintendo game, like an NES game, is the classic. So, I think like the fact that like Hyperkin sees that and wants to kind of introduce an alternative as closely as it can, uh, in a in a like capacity But because like okay, again, we talk about how this is for collectors, but I also I want to see how these games look. I want to see what Nintendo has done because what they've done with the classic and how they've upscaled it is is nothing short of amazing. It's fucking, like, I, I have not yet seen, like, visuals this sharp or anything done. Even something out of, like, the Retron 5 playing the exact same game. So, or or, or any other emulation tool that you can find, Android-based or not, or Raspberry Pi. So,
1: so like, but this is, uh, this one here, like I said, it's not really emulation, though, eh? You, you have to put your yeah. actual cartridges into it, which there's a couple of concerns that I have with that. Uh, with the NES, uh, the, even their Retron HD for the NES had some compatibility issues with certain games. I think out of the 75 that I've got, only four of them didn't work. But it was still four games that didn't work. Uh, what I'm most concerned about is games like Star Fox that use specialized chips. Will it be able to run those?
0: Uh, the Retron 5 was able to run them just
1: fine. Yeah, but that's emulation, right?
0: true yeah okay, it's, it's a little it.
1: it's a little different with the uh with the hardware based solutions so it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes uh i know i'm definitely going to be getting one to to see how that works um especially considering that uh that it's com- it's going to be compatible with the super famicom games that was something that the uh, the retro on hd wasn't compatible with was Famicom games and uh I don't know if it's just my converter or not. I actually bought another converter that I'm waiting on right now to see if I can get it to to work with it because it's definitely com- uh, uh manufactured differently than the one that I have from the 80s. So I'll definitely re- be reporting back on that, but uh it is really good to see that other companies are stepping up to give people our you know decent alternatives to uh to this SNES classic because that that's going to be a bloodbath when it gets released.
0: Uh, yeah, dude, like, just the fact that all, like, all those Walmart orders already got nuked. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I dread, like, the, the, I just dread the moment there's gonna be a notification from Amazon that says, like, the pre-orders have gone live and just trying to get in. It's like, it, it's like every other limited run game release that you're interested in. Like, I don't even know how I, I, I got in on the, on the second release of, um.
1: You got Night Trap, didn't you?
0: I got Night Trap because yeah. I was looking for forward... it. I mean, we're going to be reviewing Night Trap as well, so like that's going to come out this week. Mm-hmm. Um but I wanted a, I wanted a physical copy because like I the only other physical copy that I have is like a loose like copy for the Sega CD and I right. have yet to replace it with the with like a real one but mm-hmm. like I don't know. Would you I, get it I'm, on but...
1: 3DO or what?
0: Um, no, I, I had it on a Sega CD, but I would want to get it the, uh, the 32X combo. Like I heard oh, that was yeah, yeah. just like super dope. And like, well, I, yeah, I, I, it... I, I have that dumb thing fucking still hooked up and staring at me in the face every
1: day. So, yeah, anyway. I, I ended up, uh, I managed to get a copy of the collector's edition of Wonder Boy.
0: Yeah, I saw that. I, I really wish I could too. Cause like, I think, I don't know. And, and, like, 2017 has been a really good year. God damn. Like, I think of all the... Like, I I don't think there's been a year quite like this where I've given, like, so many fives in reviews. <laughs> and that being one of them, man. Oh, yeah? So it's, it's worth playing good. is what you're saying, right? Dude, you play it, please. It's so... Oh, yeah. Like, I th- I think just for, like, the touches that they've done musically for, like, the composition and, and the music options and all of that, like, just that there's a satisfying like option of like switching between old visuals from the original interpretation of the game and then the new visuals and then just like juxtaposing them uh, against each other and kind of seeing the design choices that they went for like the art direction, everything like there's that, the game is such, Oh, it's such a goddamn wonderful piece of fan service for something that's Mm. so niche. I love something that
1: like, I love when companies do that actually when they, when you can actually on the fly, change it from retro to, uh, to modern. Yeah, you don't see
0: that. You see that yeah. like in a lot of dot emu games. They uh, did. Which, uh,
1: they did that with our type actually. Tozai, I think Tozai published, but I forget who actually uh, who actually made that one. But you you would go directly between the pixel art and the 3D one to one, even while the shots are in in uh, progress. Oh damn, it's pretty cool. Huh. Yeah,
0: it, yeah. It Wonder Boy does the same thing.
1: So yeah, that's that's impressive. I I appreciate that for sure. I I actually I was looking at uh, copies of Wonder Boy three on the Master System as well, just to sort of prep myself. But uh, they're they're a little pricey these days.
0: Yeah, dude. I I lucked out with holding on to mine. Like I had that from that that old neighbor man. I'll never forget. <laughs> um, no, yeah, dude. The, my my Master System was a hand me down. But like the few games that I did buy for it as a kid, that was one of them. Um.
1: I gotta find anyway. a copy of Power Strike, really. Oh, dude,
0: so expensive! To I, I fucking car. hate retro. Like red kids, guys, ladies, gals. We did an episode on collecting, like what, seven years ago? A long um, time
1: ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't if you ever like just curiously go back and listen to it just don't don't fucking listen to us don't bother like go put that money in a college fund like put that like put that shit in just, bitcoin
1: Get Yeah
0: invested. like it, it, fucking like I you might as well yep. like to be honest yep. Like we can't walk away from this life like at this point, like, we're here. Like, we're settled. Yeah, we're I don't too, know we're anything too far else. Gone. I'm gonna be buried with these immediates yeah.
2: in a very, very deep grave. <laughs> the deepest of I grapes. still have
0: yet to get I still have yet to get a uh, player two bayonetta. That's the one I'm missing. Oh I've got
1: that
2: one. I'm looking at all of them. Yeah. I got that player one, that player well, two cloud, bayonetta, that one thing oh, from the from clouds have got thing or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Clouds have got mm.
0: um Best Buy is the one that has like the, the other bayonetta exclusively? Uh, Allegedly, uh, yeah, yeah. I dude, that's been a pain in the ass to find, mm-hmm. and I I didn't even get the Pikmin one. I'm gonna Ooh. get that Metroid that Metroid
2: two pack. I can't wait, I can't wait. Oh yeah, no, no, that that one's paid oh, for. I got that pre ordered.
0: That shit is locked.
2: yeah full we'll show. Anyway, goddamn
0: we're gonna um... do an Amiibo
2: cast one of these days, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Fuck,
0: I'm so
1: down. Yeah, toys to cast. <laughs> no more toys
2: alive, man. We to- toys, to cast. <laughs> toys the Toys the cast. I like it.
1: All right. I guess this is as good a time as any to uh, switch gears and uh, talk about what's in our console. What say you guys?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm down, dude.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, hey Andrew, what's going on, man? Hey. hey, what's going on, dude? How you doing? Uh, well, same old, same <sighs> old, really. Ah, ah. Ah, what? How'd you do that? What happened? I I tweaked something. I tweaked it. I think I tweaked my elbow. God, now it's the wrong kind of tweak. (laughs) It's these earbuds I wear. Like, I think I'm going to be working out, so I want to have the right earbuds to work out and run. If I end up just tripping over them and and hurting myself like I just did.
0: Yeah, you're subscribing to the wrong Mm. kind of tweak
2: there, pal. I mean, Mm. speaking of earbuds, tweaked audio. Jesus,
0: tweaked audio. Dude, they're tangle-free. Tangle-free earbuds that come in seven different styles and colors, and not only that, they allow for mic'd and non-mic'd versions, so that way you can use them anytime
2: you're, I don't know, calling for a doctor, because it sounds like you're in a lot of pain. Right now, yeah, exactly. Those those, those cost way too much money, though. I I don't think I could afford a a pair of earbuds that don't tangle, because they all do. They always tangle up. You know,
0: dude, they are designed to sound great and they're really cool for uh, just about anything you need them for is because they got noise reducing design. So with all these sweet features, you'd be in luck because we currently have a code that you can use on tweakedaudio.com
2: right now. Uh, it's PPR. You just got to type P-P-R. PPR and you'll be set from there. It's easy enough. Hey, Sarah, can you help me up, man? Like, I think I really hurt something. I need some yeah, help. Man. Can you prop me up, oh, please? All right.
1: Dude, what happened? Get up, man. So you, you, te- you tripped over these things?
2: Yeah, I, more like I fell over them, I think. Honestly, Man, I hurt myself pretty bad.
1: Why don't you have any tweaked? I mean, they're compatible with iPods, iPhones, and Android devices, so you really have no excuse.
2: I mean, I guess, but like you said, there's a discount code. But I mean, am I really going to save a lot, you think, with this? Because I, I really can't afford. I, I, I honestly tear up all my earbuds, like, all the time.
1: Well, 33% off with free shipping and a lifetime warranty. How could you afford not to, dude?
2: A lifetime of warranty would be amazing cuz i'm very very clumsy and also I, I live on a limited income because i buy way too many earbuds so i need to buy <laughs> one i need to buy one pair and be done so i think this is the one i'm going to get
1: man go to www.tweakedaudio.com and get your shit sorted out
2: yeah dude
0: enter in the code ppr and you can get 33% off some new earbuds uh but before we do that let's let's get you to the nearest emergency uh, care yeah
2: yeah Yeah. can we ice this? thank you Okay.
1: So, uh riddle me this, Mr. Boy Zacks, what is in your console, sir?
0: Oh dude, too too many. Too many too many cooks. Um no not really. Like I I don't think there's a way I can play too many cooks on any of my video game. But, well maybe the PlayStation four, but I wouldn't do that. I fucking I'm an adult. Like, oh like oh, um,
2: overcooked? That...
0: No, no, too many cooks. Overcooked is yeah. dope. Uh I did not grab onto the Switch version. I was thinking about I it, but I heard about great. all the yeah. Yeah, the frame rate issue so which, which is sad too because like the interface for the Wii is much more ideal for multiplayer than that of like my laptop or PC. And you guys have seen my laptop like it's just a fucking bulking mess. Um 30 pounds but, of laptop. Uh 30 pounds of name brand. I <laughs> yeah. I am so like dude and like I I did not think that I would have to uh scale the the upgrade mountain the way that I had to within these years. Like, I don't know how fucking people who strictly PC game fucking do it. Because they definitely spend way more money than I do just between, like, if I were to just dedicatively, like, do nothing but console, they still spend more money. I I don't know. I don't know, man. With the way some retro games are
1: going these days, playing retro games is more expensive than PC gaming by a mile.
0: Oh, yeah. That too. Um... But, I digress. Um... I have been playing uh, quite a few different games, a lot of them for review, but uh, one in particular that I still have to get the review uh, out for, which we will have that out soon. A lot of these are actually, you know, I'll I'll get a head start in talking about them. Uh, Monument Valley 2, that one's late, but... (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Um, It is very much a continuation uh, of the first one, but done in such a... I don't know. It's just done in, in, in such a whimsical, like, endearing way that like i i love games that like subvert the like the direct means of storytelling but like do so in such of these like like a, a very nuanced suggestive means of of like fucking just conveying story just through like subtle actions or like just subtle like pantomime like shit like that like always oh i love it which is you know, there's a lot of other games I'm going to talk about coincidentally enough to kind of do that in a in a fucking fun throwback way. But uh, I Monument Valley 2, is it, it takes all the concepts from the original and just uh, essentially expands upon uh, upon them in, in, in such a very like. I, I don't know, in, in, in a very nice but satisfying way, because like the one issue that I had, and, and just to really explain what Monument Valley is, it's a, it's essentially a visual puzzle game that involves you directing a, a little avatar character, uh, row, uh, around like these shifting pathways that are all, uh, like geometrically done from like this, uh, isometric point of view. And, like, the isometric point of view kind of plays a lot of visual tricks uh, of perspective. And, basically, it's kind of like... The best way I can explain it in one sentence, it's like M.C. Escher did a puzzle game where, like, there are pathways that are going which way and left and right. Uh, And, essentially, uh, just twisting a lever or a switch will, like, shift or rotate a certain pathway to create a completely different uh, route. Uh very similar to the perspective shifting of uh like Fez, for example, uh just where something has a completely different role uh from one side and then just shifting it, it entirely changes it. Like uh imagine imagine like a um an isosceles triangle that that didn't you didn't think you can make into an equilateral, but you were able to twist it into an equilateral to where like it's a Mobius strip. And what I mean by that is that you're on the outside of the triangle, but because you've done it in the form of a Mobius strip, you're able to get on the inside of the track. And then when you rotate it back out, you can then get to the door that was originally inaccessible because it was on the inside and you were on the outside. Hmm. And this is is all isometric. So imagine top-down like Zelda, but at an angle. So um, like
1: Landstalker.
0: Yeah, like, like, of like Final Fantasy Tactics, like those fucking, like, games where it's, it's shifted at that tilted perspective. Um, Monument Valley 2 adds, like, the, uh, the addition of a child. It's basically the main character from the first game walking their child through, uh, their, the, like, the same old levels, but, like, with new twists. And, like, there's something so heartwarming and so heart wrenching because there are moments, like, when you have to separate them. Uh, so that they can go do puzzles and like the fact that like you as the mother have to activate like certain switches or stand in certain positions, uh, just to your child. Like it, 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 it it's so con- it's, it, it's function forming, but like it, it's not just, uh, function forming, but also form over function in a sense. Because like there are times where I, I was trying to understand, like, you know, why isn't this moving or why isn't this child moving where I'm tapping? And I realized that the position that I have the parent row at is not like in a way that's accessible. I have to move row close to the edge like of like if I had them separated from platform to platform. I can't just have her at the far end of the platform. I have to have her to the edge as in a it's almost like a like an unspoken means of support that will actually allow me the ability to physically direct and move the child over to where I need them to go so I can reunite them. Like, there's such... It's an immense feeling of satisfaction. And, like, it's so goddamn beautiful. This game is fucking gorgeous. Uh I, I can't, like... I cannot stress, like, the aesthetics of... Of just like these slight shifts and turns and like these like minimalistic color palettes, like coming through these cool, like it, it's anywhere from cool tones to warm tones and like the music dynamically shifting to like whatever mood it's trying to set. Like it, it, the game is like, I think six dollars on iOS and Android. And it's like, oh man, it is, it is so worth it. It's so good. Um, I, I'm nearly finished, but like there, there are po- moments like, you don't think you're going to invest in something that literally, like, the, like all the text is kind of done from, like, this third party perspective. Like, it's this third perspective uh, uh of, from, like, a narrative point. So you, you don't really see anything that's directly exchanged between the two characters as far as mother and child. It's all just implied, though. And the implication and just how everything comes to be, it, like, when something kind of seems like it's going to go awry, it's so nerve-wracking, like... And the fact that you're invested to set with, with, like, to such little effect that was actually, like, shown... It, I don't know. It's, it's fucking insane. You you have to play Monument Valley 2. If there's any mobile game that you play at all, just one, for the year, play that one. Um. So, I, I, yeah, I played a lot of that, and there's going to be a review that kind of details my thoughts more. Um. I also played... <laughs> Uh, and that review is out on the site, Valkyria Revolution,
1: which I think all of okay, us have so played like, Valkyria Chronicles. Yeah, so I've been wondering about this myself. How does it compare? Um,
0: it's got a really good story. Where even then, like some of the exposition is a little long in a tooth, mm-hmm. but the story is, I I really dig it. Which like all the Valkyria games, if I if you really like paid attention which granted a lot of that was lented by the uh the aesthetic which okay so i primarily reviewed it on the vita and like there was some backlash with my review because they stated that like some of the criticisms i made may not have held water but like from what i've seen and played on console i would disagree um a lot of like the 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 presentation of the original game, like a lot of the, like the art styles that they use in, in the various, uh, techniques that, that kind of made it look like a, like a storybook brought to life or even a manga brought to life is completely lost in Valkyrie Revolution. It's hardly there or it's super downplayed. It's nowhere near to the extent that it was, uh, within the previous iterations. So it and... doesn't have
1: like, like that sketchy look to it? It
0: it it barely does. Like, uh, I'm talking, like, it's it's way more rendered than sketchy, which yeah. kind of bugs me because, like, that was a huge part of the appeal. Like, even years after, like, the fact that, that, that like, Valkyria Chronicles is out on Steam right now. And, like, I guarantee you I, that it's still one of the most fantastic it. it's looking it's games. Yeah. It's amazing. Awesome,
1: yeah. It's basically, um, it's the same version. They, they ported that over the PS4, I think. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think that's um, the version that they actually brought over because, like, it's the same resolution, I think. Uh but yeah I've been playing on the play- PlayStation 4 for like a while. It's pretty good.
0: And Valkyrie Revolution is entirely action based. Like it it is very much um it is it has got like the uh, almost a dynamic of like I would relate to like Monster Hunter except there's a cooldown time. Like it just feels so sluggish and I don't know. Very mindless at times. Like I, I didn't feel so, like I put a whole lot of effort into like my tactics.
1: So they took the strategy out of it.
0: Yeah. No. There's no active. Po- it's it. You. It's free roaming. It's action huh. free roaming. I don't know what it's, to think of that. It's yeah. It's kind of dumb, dude. Huh. Um. Like they they incorporate like elements from the previous entries. Like the fact that like depending on your platoon that you have with you, um, you can establish like passive perks based on like their like. Uh, whatever bond they might share, uh, whether it be like an operative bond based on soldier class or a narrative bond as far as what sort of relationship the two may have or connection they may share within the plot. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, you can switch between them actively. Uh, kind of like NBA jam status, just like take over one of them if you want to so you don't have to uh, just stick with one character and they all have different play styles. But, uh, there's no placement, there's no strat like there's a really weird if not completely useless cover system. Right. And like they're <clears throat> like I don't know, I think the most fun like the game gets is the fact that it gets like real muso on you and it just throws like a fucking like constant number of enemy characters at you at once and like large characters and you're just playing crowd control, and you're minusly hacking and slashing. Like even with like the boss battles, it it doesn't seem like it does a whole lot. So I don't know. I I don't hate the game. I'm just really disappointed at it. Like with it in comparison. Like I feel like anybody who's returning to the the series, like expecting what they thought they would get from Chronicles and getting Revolution they're not going to get it. I I think on its own it's okay. But like I you know, I I want a game to be more than okay. But I will say this, I'm playing it still and I enjoy it but only for one reason. I really really like I like the characterization and I like the story. Like granted there's a lot of anime tropes and there's a lot of like, you know, whatever. You're going to see that those conventions here and there, but there's something about the characterization and how they portray them that's really cool. Um, I think there are times it does get slightly obnoxious when it interrupts like something intense when you're actually like the one moment you're kind of feeling the gameplay that's when it uh, interrupts it but then there are a lot of times where like it'll interrupt gameplay and I'm like thank God like it's such a it, it it's such a palate cleanser to what was otherwise like real monotonous like fucking sword slinging like it mm-hmm. I don't know
1: it kind of makes me wish they had brought over Valkyria Chronicles 3. Well,
0: like, and even then, like, I'm still kind of getting through 2, and 2 is such a good game, but, like, the platform of choice is such a weird, like, I don't know. It's one of those weird things where it was on the wrong, pla- like, format. Yeah, like, I
1: mean, it's weird that they went to PSP from PS3.
0: Yeah, I there, so there's that. Um, I've been playing other stuff. In fact, uh, I think I'll talk about two more games. Um, I, One of them I've been playing with Andrew. I I don't know, Andrew. Have you played it more? Have you played Tacoma?
2: I have not played it yet. Yeah. Oh, so you haven't no, played it at all? Not yet. Nope. I am interested in okay. playing it, but um, I think we kind of had the conversation. I I don't know if it'll be as impactful as Gone Home, or if me going into it hoping it's as impactful as Gone Home might somehow prevent me from enjoying the game as much as I could. You know, it's kind of hard to separate that game from. The developer's previous game, you know, and I almost feel like I'm doing it a disservice by playing it, hoping it's going to be the same as Gone Home, and it might not be because it feels like it's a different setting, different kind of scope altogether. And I, um, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to give myself time to like disassociate it from Gone Home and then give it a shot. But yeah, I haven't jumped into that one yet.
0: So they recycle some things from Gone Home, but uh, aside from mm-hmm. that, uh, they're. There are so, I, I don't know. I I think it is worth the investment. I mean, it, it, keep in mind there's a bit to kind of dive into. Um, when like you do get in, like it's a bit overwhelming because it essentially, it, it takes like the, the conceit of gone home and, and just completely expands it. Like fucking, I wouldn't even say double. Like it just everywhere, everything you can think of is, is just multiplied. By 100 like there are multiple conversations that happen at once the way they do it is uh in Gone Home you would generally pick up or otherwise set some sort of contextual cue that would you know cause a a monologue like an audio diary of sorts which would be done in a form of a flashback or memory that that's slowly kind of developing the narrative that's going on in Tacoma you are triggering like various vr logs that are recorded by the ship's uh, the space station's ai and like there can be like imagine like a home like a ma- uh, imagine like an apartment like, to that, uh, that size, like that effect, like there's a kitchen, there's a room or whatnot, but like to give you an idea. And like everyone that's on the space station, there, this is, there's a log that's going at all times. So literally you're rewinding the same log, but when, as you're rewinding and pick up bits and pieces, you have to rewind it all the way to the be- beginning and then explore other areas of that quadrant because there is an actual conversation that's going and there are times where uh characters are having their own like dialogues or they're they're expressing themselves like in a completely like isolated way uh that like they don't that they completely hide or like it it it's very organic it it feels like it's such a human fucking game it throws me off like the fact that like they're these disgruntled workers that are just really dissatisfied with uh just their role within the uh within Tacoma and the fact that like they 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 summon their boss and their boss is busy talking with another subordinate in the room at that time. And then like when you f- first listen to the uh, dissatisfied co or, like the the dissatisfied workers on the ship, like Natalie uh, being the one I'm talking about specifically, <coughs> excuse me, when you go to um, to the area where her boss is and she sees the call you, immediately, the boss is just like it just isn't feeling it like just isn't having like just dreading the summon because she knows where it's leading to and the fact that you get to see those bits of dialogue or whatnot as opposed to when you originally just stayed in a room and saw her enter the room uh versus following her through the hallway and her talking to herself and kind of preparing for why she's being summoned there's a lot of moments like that and it's really overwhelming but like at the same time it's so engrossing because you kind of pick and choose who you're uh who you're like essentially trying to invest more of. And, and there's, there's so much minutia to like, there's already like, I, I've already learned so much about these two characters from backstories and very much like gone home. I've done so through uh reasoning of my own, like my own interaction, like finding keys or otherwise finding uh, different logs. Like uh, essentially there, there's going to be times where you can actually download uh, interactive points from the VR logs that will then make sense. Like, uh, I downloaded a, uh, diary from someone who was looking at their diary while talking to their son on a treadmill that then triggered another, uh, prompt that I could dial on a download from the nurse who was then, he was consulting with her, no, not the nurse. I'm sorry. Engineer who also doubled as a nurse that revealed a locker code. And then I was able to get more insight on this character because I broke into a locker that was locked. Uh, and was able to get the code because of it, it it's essentially it's fucking gone home amplified but because gone home itself me- uh, mechanics withstanding, was such a like engrossing and impactful story about like teen not just teen angst but like identity mm-hmm. um this game kind of does that too it kind of doubles down on that but it does so i i, I would think I don't want to use the word pandering because that sounds insulting, but I think it does so in a, in a much more thoughtful way. So I, I think you'll really get into the coma and not only that, like it, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go blow through it, it, I mean, I feel like I'm going to near the end uh-huh. soon, Uh but you're going to, there, there's definitely some like, aw, oh, like, oh shit moments yeah. that like, I, I don't want to ruin, but like, I, I will say this, I feel like, and, in, in like, I think this is probably what your worry is, is, like, you can't repeat Gone Home, and you really can't. Mm-hmm. And, like, this game doesn't do that, but as far as that construct and, like, kind of doing or telling a story in this manner, I don't think I can play another game like this after Tacoma, because it's already done so much that I don't feel like, like, it's kind of set the bar now, in a way.
2: I mean, it, 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 it kind of feels it, like with so much that you can access, because we talked about this with Gone Home. It took me a little bit longer to play through it because I'd kind of absorb things as I was viewing them. As I got, you know, um, uh, a tape or I found something in the, you know, in the world, I would kind of, like, dwell on it a little bit longer than I probably should have. Now, with Tacoma having so much more to offer and so many things to explore, am am I going to get kind of lost in that by trying to find all these yes. things? Okay, so...
0: You can this this five hour game can turn into a ten to fifteen hour <laughs> yeah, which, game depending
2: on how much which you it carry. may because I might be doing that a lot like just like trying to like explore every locker every you know cupboard or whatever's you know part of this sh- you know ship that would be me for sure so I, I, there are
0: conflicts though that are there and there's a lot of things that that are definitely like I I I I don't want to spoil it yeah. but there's a lot of themes that are at work. And, like, I know we kind of throw, like, the, the, the term the human condition is almost a buzzword at this point. But, like, the game really captures that, especially within sentiments that really encapsulate, like, like ongoing topics and issues. Like, I, I you know, Sarah, I believe you walked away feeling like you enjoyed um, Gone Home. And I know I, we all kind of, like, pigeonholed you into playing it. But I feel like Tacoma is also something you should definitely play because, mm-hmm. like, it, it incorporates, like, a lot of sci-fi elements that I think really hit with you. Like, even stuff that, like, you'd see inspired from other contemporary media, like, um, I would say, like, fucking Macross or Evangelion. Even like just certain
1: things that I really enjoy.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Like granted, not in the direct correlation that you'd obviously not. Yeah. No, but like there are certain things like just the main character uh, and and the diverse like background that they come culturally and ethnically and kind of like an allusion to what like this game's fictionalized world has led to within like you know sixty years in the future. And and like how people conduct themselves like the whole thing is just really engrossing, but it's so overwhelming and you want to try to get everything that's going on and then and then you totally forget that there's a fucking like there's a plot like there you're you're there to investigate what took place on the space station that's like suddenly empty that you are sent there that's owned by this employer that like contracted these people and there's like something sinister that's going on that you know is there, but you can't quite connect the dots until you further get in. And yet you're so distracted by like all these personal developments and these people that you didn't anticipate getting to like divulge yourself into so much, but ended up doing that because like everything there is just paced and so intriguing. So I don't know. Tacoma is fucking dope. I just don't think they can do another game like it. Um, One last game, and then I'm done. Uh, I won't talk a whole lot about it. And I don't know. There's actually not a whole lot to say. It's weird. Uh, But Sonic Mania, which uh, officially launched today, we're going to have a review out. We've got some other Sonic videos coming out. um, And we also have a Sonic stream planned uh, where we'll even do a giveaway of um, Sonic Mania. So I definitely... Yeah, so... We're going to fucking release more details, uh, hopefully, you know, by tomorrow or the next day, but I'll I'll have that already. Um, Sonic Mania is everything that it was supposed to be and, and more. And like, it is ostensibly like, it is the, the fucking apology for Sonic the Hedgehog 4. It is the apology, more or less, for just the, the state of Sonic these last couple of days. And it is an improvement uh, upon. By all, days? Do you mean decades? Jesus. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I liked Lost World, so sue me. I don't know. Anyway. Right, but the last um, Sonic
1: game that I truly enjoyed was Adventure.
0: Yeah. And, and even then, like, somebody would probably argue tooth and nail over Chronicles that. Chronicles, yo. Yes. Um, what up? Fuck- but... <laughs> Um, this game definitely feels like a time capsule, like, in a way that is just so endearing to, uh, everything that, like, they they, they wanted to achieve. Like, so much so that, like, it, it's weird because from the, like, perspective of the fact that, like, people... Won't who were completely predisposed of the 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 Sonic fandom and and just the Sonic nostalgia from the Genesis games will not find this game enjoyable. I completely disagree with that sentiment, and I think that uh, Sonic Mania is a complete testament to that being fucking completely and totally wrong. It is such a refinement and and even though more of the same with so much more and the tagline you know by the mania for the mania couldn't be truer like there's so many nuances even then like a lot of the people involved were people from the sonic rom hack community and emulation community so much so that they've like i own a few rom hacks that i i have on reproductive carts, and uh, there there are touches in mania now that were taken in our direct homages to those rom hacks there are fucking homages to like memes of Sonic right now that I, I wish I could talk about, but I don't want to spoil. Like, it is fan service that, like, again, is like function over form and form over function. Like, it balances the two so wonderfully well. And, uh, I love, like, what really sold me on it when I, when this game was first announced and we barely saw a bit of it is. Uh, Christian Whitehead's desire was to make this a long-lost Saturn game. Like, what if the Saturn got its proper Sonic game? And I shit you not, everything about this game just, like, fucking screams the Sega Saturn. Like, just the way, just the attention they do, like, it's weird. Like, imagine assets that definitely, like, you could see capable on a Saturn, and f- I'm pretty much guaranteed they probably are depending on like whether or not we'll see like a a game explain like fucking tear apart the code of this game just upscaled and redone just to an effect to give it like somewhat of an hd sheen running at 60 frames and that's pretty much it other than that it is a game that's very much grounded within like the original fucking media and constructs that like it pays fucking tribute to it is it is such a wonderful game. Like, I, I didn't get to put as much time as I want, but, like, uh, I will have more and we'll have a review out of it this week. And I recommend anyone, Sonic fan or not, play the game. It's really goddamn fun. And that's that's it for my console. I'm I'm, I'm done in rings. I'm good.
1: It makes me want to play it. I don't know.
0: You need to play it. It's, it's very, very good. If you, like, again... You'll love it if you definitely had a nostalgia and a fandom for it. Like you will. It 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 reminds me. Does anybody remember the 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 feeling that Mega Man Nine gave them?
1: Oh yeah, that was it a is. Good game. Yes,
0: that is exactly that is Sonic Mania right there. It's it is the Mega Man Nine effect, and I'm not talking about like Mega Man Ten or any of the, like the more pandering titles. I'm talking about like when that first happens. and you just played that and, and it felt like a time capsule had just erupted like you you missed out on something from your childhood and you like you almost trick yourself like you give yourself this like um like sense of deja vu or (coughs) some sort of feeling where you almost want to trick yourself into believing that you did play this when you were younger that's the sort of feeling that sonic mania gives and like granted a lot of it is owed to the reused stages but what they do with those stages and some of the work that's done I can go on. There's so much with it, but like it, I, I, I cannot extol like my sentiments enough. It, it is such a goddamn like it'll it. I don't know. It it is everything that Sonic needs to be, and I I I don't even know how the fuck Sonic Forces hopes to follow it up.
2: Oh god, that's actually still wow. That's still I, a thing. I, yeah, well, DeviantArt. I feel the bad game. because I was gonna yeah, say yeah. Mania being as positive as it is now, like. Yeah, it's going to be overshadowed for sure.
0: Well, well, not only that, early impressions of forces already are mixed. Like, it's just that alone. So, like, <sighs> I I don't know. It, it, They did also, like Sega alluded, that mania would, like, kind of, like, determine. It would influence the direction they take Sonic, which is weird because I don't even know what they're. I think th- these are just for two very different Sonic crowds. and th- That's just the way I look at it. Because like there there are ugly sides to the Hedgehog's fandom. We we make fun of it all the time, but it's really there. It's not like some shitty joke. We all know it.
2: But anyway, yeah, that's me. I'm done.
1: Okay, so what about you, Toast? <laughs> what's been in your console? Mine, mine's
2: always easy because you could just ask me what's not been in my console, and it's usually a pretty longer <clears throat> discussion. Um, I I did want to make a a mention though that one thing I have not been playing, which I'm normally always playing when we have these conversations is I kind of had a full stop on destiny. Um, two is going to be coming out here in less than a month, probably three weeks. I think is, is, uh, when destiny two releases from the time of this recording and, you know, we'll kind of talk about it in the topic, but, uh, I just figured there's not really much point for me playing it. Now I've done what I probably wanted to do in the game, and the sequel's on the horizon, so there's no real reason to play the game now. So I kind of just stopped playing entirely. Um, and even the beta, uh, Destiny 2 beta, kind of came and went as um, uh, since we last recorded. And I played, like, the strike, I played the story mission, and I played a couple of multiplayer matches, and that was it. Just because, you know, it's cool to check it out and see how it's going to play, but the beta... Is It's throwaway. It's, you know, the progress you make in the beta has no real factor into what you're going to do in the game when it comes out. So I didn't want to spend hours upon hours playing the beta um, just to, you know, have the full game come out a couple months later. Oh, yeah. The first beta was like that. I still can't mm-hmm. believe that. That's
0: such a boneheaded move. But you're
2: also talking about the guy that when they had the demo come out for Bravely Default, I put probably a good 30 hours into the demo just because I was such a fan of the combat. I just kept on wanting to play it. So it kind of says a lot about the time I put in the games nowadays. It's just time is limited, so it is it's just hard for me to put time into uh, a beta or a game that's you know on the cusp of being you know kind of sent out you know uh to pasture yeah with the new th- one coming i out. think
1: we can i think we can all attest that time is a is a is a is a bit of a premium for all of us sure for sure. Here.
2: For sure. Um, but when I did actually get the chance to play, um, I finished up the season three of the walking dead and, um, only because I hadn't finished two. It'd been such a long time since I had played season two and, um, going into when season three came out, I, I kind of just, you know, watched a quick YouTube recap of season two and kind of wish I would have finished it now because I feel like the impact of season two going into season three would have been more beneficial For me to have played and kind of done my own uh, experience on as opposed to, you know, how Telltale does now where they kind of give you the options, you know, a la Mass Effect where you kind of get like, here's what you can decide what you did in the previous, you know, iterations and then kind of go on from there. Um, But I did that with season three and I know we're all kind of burnout on Telltale games. You know, it's kind of like the same concept, the same engine, the same, you know the way the game's built's kind of all the same. So I kinda went into season three of Walking Dead thinking exactly that. Like this is the same thing as it's always been. I'm I'm not I'm not challenged by this game. It's you know, it's the same thing they've always done. Uh even though I like a lot of their games. I've liked the Walking Dead run. I loved Wolf Among Us. Um you know, I really like their games, but I definitely felt like okay, this is more of the same. And through finishing season three, it was kind of interesting because uh, by the time they got to episode four and episode five, they started playing with the mechanics a little bit. Like they started doing things a little differently. Um, and I feel like it was a little too late if they would have kind of jumped out and started doing that with the initial couple episodes, I might've been more engaged in doing the whole season through, but I was kind of happy that they were trying some different things. I don't, it's hard to kind of talk about specifics in a Telltale game because you don't want to spoil the story. Um, but, you know, like, if you play on PC, you're always hitting the same three keys. You're hitting, like, Q, E, or, um, like, a direction. That's pretty much all you ever have to do in a Telltale game when it comes to their action. Well, at one point I had a rifle, and they said, uh, okay, you know, it, it was like single-shot rifle, and they said, you know, change, change the way you're shooting it to, like, an auto kind of rifle, and then you had to hold down shift and hold down the key to shoot it, and it completely fucked me up, because I'd never done that in a Telltale game before. I was like, wait, fuck, I gotta hit two keys at the same time? Are you kidding me? Like, it completely threw me off, I was kind of just surprised that they would throw that in there just randomly. Um, And there there's some I, good moments, too, where, like, they kind of fucked with, like, the choices you can make when it comes to, like, dialogue options. At one point, not to spoil too much, but in one of the episodes, uh, the main character basically said, fuck helicopters. Like, just, that was the option. You, you <laughs> just get to say, fuck helicopters, fuck this helicopter, and... <laughs> That was probably my favorite moment of the entire series, just to say "fuck helicopters."
0: I yeah, I had some mixed moments with that like that game mm-hmm. myself, and like I was playing it alongside with you, and like I I reviewed like the first half mm-hmm. of the game, like if those couple episodes, and like I I think my biggest issue is that like when you kind of take us through the motions and like put players through such a journey to invest uh, in this one character, and then you make this character take a backseat sure. uh, role that like to, in order to give us a chance to like, you know, view things from an alternative perspective in this new role. Um, You're immediately like fucking that new character. And you just are because like, I'll never forget. uh, And I, and I, and I always take it to heart to anything that I played that involves like character attachment or development, like something. And, and like, I, I take it with me in other games. Cause like Andrew's right. Something that he mentioned in our last of us game club where like, Dude, like, I'll, there are certain people that I'm willing to tear down mountains and people and, and like cross places that I know I'll never come back from if it meant for that person. And I want to say that, like, at that point, I'm, I'm beyond that point with Clementine. Yeah. So I feel like there's a lot of times where, like, um, for Javi, it, it did like a disservice to his development or something that I don't feel like I, I played against my own urges just because I knew. And, and like, it, it kind of twisted the characterization. Of, of what I thought my Clem would be. That's the one thing. It's, a, it's a really weird animal because, like, no matter what the fuck, like, see, that's kind of what makes me, like, a little upset because, again, we talk about, like, the reward and incentive of people rewarding or, are or, or people returning sure. yeah. to a game. Like, you completely skipped out on season two. You didn't go through the fucking pain and tribulations that I mm-hmm. did. Yet, I feel like because Telltale's algorithms and they want to make it as accessible as possible. Yeah in effect kind of rendered my playthrough of the uh, season two, like kind of almost throwaway or just conjecture because like they had a completely different character direction for Clementine to serve the purpose of me now trying to give a shit about this main character, which I'm just like, and
2: and they kind of, like you, like you said, they kind of force um, people have been playing it since the original first season. like, in order to make it more accessible and make people you know, say, well, hey, don't worry if you didn't play the first two seasons. You can jump right in and start playing now. It is a disservice to the people that have been playing it since the first season because then they still make it accessible and they kind of make the storytelling to accommodate those people, even though you're trying to continue this branching storyline that you've created for yourself. Um, I do agree with that. I I really do. And I do feel like the reason why Clem takes a backseat to Javi in the third season is because Clem is protected. You can't really, I mean, she, she has gone through some shit and I had started playing through the second season. I kind of got to like episode three, I want to say, and then fell off of it. Um, But man, I really wish I would have just taken the time and played those like two or three episodes to really, but then again,
0: that's when shit really but, rolls down. The only, down problem, the, the only reason when... why I
2: did not do that is because I was playing on different platforms. I had played the first season on, I want to say PS3. Started season two on PS3 and then went to PC for season three. So that point, unless I had synced up my Telltale account, which I didn't know how to do, would be kind of a moot point, um, you know, to do all that. At least in my opinion. So I was okay with kind of skipping, you know, getting through two to get to three. Um, but I feel like they took Javi and they had to make a um, a character that was very flawed and had a history like they did with lee in the first season like have a history have a background of things that you kind of fucked up and then you know try to either redeem themselves throughout the season or come to realize they are the monster they thought they were or you know it's kind of like that that shift in um you know the 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 past they're battling and trying to you know either do right and kind of overcome that past or kind of live in it um And there was definitely a moment, especially near the end, uh, I, I, I won't go into specifics, but there was a moment where I had to do something I did not want to do and instantly sent me back to the first season at the end with Lee. And you have to make a choice of what, like, what do I do here? Like you kind of have a choice. You can't really, there's a, it's a no win situation, you know? And, uh.
0: I, you know, I'm kind of sad that they actually did that, because that was already, like, the effect of that was so powerful sure. in the second sure. game, or in the second mm-hmm. season, to kind of, like, harp on that again, that's, like, I understand, like, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. But they always she, do that, though, don't um, they? Don't they always
2: kind of give you those, like, no-win yeah. situations? And then the, the other one, the one I wasn't even really referring to, there was a they, they, they make you choose between one of two people and that choice doesn't necessarily become the choice you thought it was going to. And I, and, and it's like, no, nope. what the And you kind of have to live with it
0: that far. Like, I got why? that far. I got why? that far. Like they do it I am, on purpose, I'm man. Very, ah, uh, it's fucked. Yeah. It's, it's really fucked. But how do you, how do you feel? And you know, I didn't finish uh season three. I need mm-hmm. to, but apparently season four is in the works and will be out uh next year and it will be the last season with Clementine. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I almost kind of feel like you know we're uh, we've been mentioning fatigue on and off in the show. I are you are you kind of feeling
2: that? Because at this point, I kind I I don't know. I I have in terms of the gameplay and the structure of the game, but I've always come away really enjoying the story. Uh, I've enjoyed the things that it was able to make me feel. Because it it's kind of like when you want to watch a sad movie just to get a good cry on, you know? I mean, like, hey. You know, sometimes when you cry and you're upset, it's good to release that. It's good to kind of let it out. And I feel like those games... It, it, I'm always going to cry at the end of, like, Walking Dead, Telltale games. It always happens. Because they always throw something in there that I'm like, fuck, this sucks. And I, I did it in Season 1. You know, I, I did it this time in Season 3. Like, I was pretty fucking distraught after the end I of it. I guarantee, <laughs> oh,
0: no, I was really, um, dude, I was a god, I was a mess at season yeah. two. Like, um So, mess. it's,
2: it, I, I'll play it just for that, although I'm really worried that if it's the last season and you're gonna go into that season with, you know, uh, a returning character, I won't say specifically who, Um, it, it's kind of just like, well, shit, like, I'm not really looking forward to this outcome because Walking Dead's always super sad. Like, you never have a good thing happen with Walking Dead, really. So I'm sure it's not going to be a great outcome, but I do want to play it because I do enjoy their storytelling. I think, you know, it it definitely is good to have things like that where you're not always going to have a good ending. You're always not going to have, like, a positive outcome. Um, But the gameplay, it's, it's a step above a visual novel at this point. Like, there's no challenge to the gameplay. And like I said, when they threw in, like, hitting shift and a button to do something it completely threw me off guard because they don't normally ever do that the, the the mechanics of of hitting like keys or hitting buttons has never been complicated with that game um so maybe if they kind of incorporate well, even that in then,
0: I feel like th- i feel like these little weird cuz like the game's always kind of had these weird nuanced uh-huh. moments i feel like you kind of inject your own meaning but because we've seen so many of these kind of games with like between if you play the other licenses yeah uh that that they do the telltale takes on it, it, you just kind of almost become accustomed to like how little they mean so like i it, like is this really going to affect a whole lot and like not only that i think what really like really bummed me out too is um there, telltale games are also getting super buggy mm-hmm. so like i have mine on playstation 4 and there is a there's a clear decision that i made that involved the death of like uh, a second person mm-hmm. or I'm sorry well we're one person in the first episode uh I was in the middle of the fourth episode and um I paused the the game and kind of took a break uh came back to it the next day and this person who has been clearly <laughs> dead for fucking two episodes just magically appeared huh yeah he just brought back as if I kept them alive uh. and I, I I have no Recollection to whether or not it affect the other choices that would have justified his existence gotcha. uh at that point, and, and and I'm just like, fuck, do I have to play this all over again? Like, what happened? happened? And like, it's it's unexcusable that like Telltale well, games are still and, but, they, but 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 they have the sync issue.
2: thing now. If you have a Telltale account, it's supposed to sync all of your decisions. So I don't
0: have at like you, I haven't yeah. set one up because it's fucking cumbersome. Yeah, it is. It oh is cumbersome as really shit.
2: Is not great at all. <laughs> it's on the level of like linking your gamer tag to EA, the, like e- oh, a- EA, yeah, right? Yes, Fuck, oh, we dude. Have the same yeah. exact Like EA or fucking Warner yeah, Brothers, um,
1: Ubisoft. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft's not great at all. Um,
0: I think that's like the one I have set up is a UPlay hmm. account.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, it, you know, I feel like they do such a good job with their storytelling because I've heard good things about Batman. Uh, I heard Tales from Borderlands was really funny, like like really well done. Good voice acting, like Chris Hardwick's in it, a couple other people. Um, so I still feel like it's worth experiencing just for that stuff alone. And I know they're doing Wolf Among Us. Uh, so it's like, Season I, I still want to play those games. I just, maybe I should, I, I just don't really want to call them games anymore. Like they're really not. Mm. They're games at the most like basic form.
1: And, and interactive guided experiences it, it, more or
2: less yeah but you know maybe that's okay it doesn't have to necessarily be anything else but that um but yeah uh, just from a storytelling standpoint i i really did enjoy season three um i i just wonder if they're not even adventure games which is what they kind of started out to be they started out being adventure games and they, they've never really like back yeah, in they, the future and they, they've not been that for quite some time so I, you know, what do you call them now? What are they at this point? Um. But no, I, I, I did enjoy it. And I think I didn't realize they were working on a season four. So that's, that's good to know. I'll have to keep an eye out. They, that.
0: they revealed it around. They telltale did their own like Nintendo direct style mm-hmm. conference. Um, And they revealed uh the preview for Batman season two, episode one, it's which out, is yeah. out now. Uh, I have yet. Yeah. I haven't gotten the chance to check that out, but we'll, we'll have something on it. Um, then they also uh, did a trailer for, well, I mean, it's a it's a very, very basic teaser trailer for Wolf Among Us season two and uh, The Walking Dead season four. Uh, and they were very, very clear to punctuate that season four would be the last season that would uh, just finish Clementine's yeah. story. Um, which, you know, I, I, I'm happy, but at the same time, I feel like I've been kind of put through so much. To where, like, I didn't have the feeling that Clementine was guarded. I totally thought that, like, this was sort of a weird past the torch kind of thing. And I don't know, for all we know, that could have been the, the design from the very beginning. And I don't think people really, really, uh, or I don't think Telltale really took into consideration just how much people were willing to completely forsake anything and everything. <laughs> if it, at, yeah. yeah. So now it's just gotten to the point where, like, they if they want to move on and tell new stories with new people, they need to bring closure uh, with this character and, first. And, and I
2: think they will. I think a, as you end season three, she gets, like, a, a reason to do something and kind of, you know, go into that next season. Like, she's she's on a mission. Like, she has a very straightforward mission that she's trying to obtain. So I think that will be the goal throughout the next season. And fuck if that shit goes south, because I don't know if I'll be able to take it. <laughs> I think it'll be pretty fucking bad. Um, so, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And that's really all I got to really play. Um, hopefully more at some point in time. But um, we're, we're getting into that time of the year now where, like, we hit end of August, early September. Like, shit, like you said, 2017, man, shit's going to pop off here real quick, real soon.
1: All right. I guess... Now is as good a time as any to go over what i played Indeed. um which I, i've been i've been up to a lot lately uh between bullet heaven and other uh reviews like that uh, retron hd review that i posted but uh one thing that i have played a lot of uh was actually a recent switch release namco museum finally dropped on the switch and man what a great collection of games Yes. It's done. It's got some like real
2: exclusive shit though. Doesn't have like a Pac-Man game that was only available like in arcades.
1: Uh, well, no, only for Nintendo systems actually, because it's it's only Nintendo uh,
2: versions.
1: Yeah, Um, Charles Martinet actually uh, does a lot of voice acting in it. (laughs) Same, the guy behind Mario. Uh, so Pac-Man Versus is on there, along with the original Pac-Man. You've got original Dig Dug. You've got original Galaga. Uh, but then things get interesting with Galaga '88. Uh, you've got Sky Kid on there. Tower of Druaga, Splatterhouse is present. Um, That's NAMCAP? Rolling Thunder One and Two. Oh, yeah. really?
2: I didn't know that shit. Sure.
1: Yeah, and then I, what I believe is probably the coup de grace on the whole thing. Uh, Tank Force, which is a, a sequel to Battle City.
0: Jesus, I was uh, there is this really weird game that I came across at California Extreme. Which I totally forgot to mention between this recording and the last recording that I went to California Extreme. We got to check out some other stuff. Unfortunately, uh, Sky Cursor wasn't there. I would have hella talked about Sky Cursor just for you, sir. Because um, it was planned to be there, but it was planned to be there for the Sunday. Uh, we went Saturday. Oh, Okay, I um, gotcha. Um, there is this fucking Pac-Man game that I've never heard of in my life that was there. Uh, that involved Pac-Man and his dog. Um, and I don't remember the name of it. Um... But I don't think there's ever been a home iteration of it where hmm. his dog basically sniffs out keys for you. While like it's it's weird. I'll have to look it up. But somebody was saying that there's a Namco Museum game out there that like currently incorporates it. But I, I've heard really really good things about the emulation. Um, like like people were really fawning over like because uh, isn't Elevator Action and like Legend of Druaga also on it?
1: Uh, Tower of Druaga, yes. But Elevator Action is actually a title game. Huh? What's the game that's like? Elevate? Is it rolling action? Ro- rolling, th- Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder.
2: That's yeah, the wh- fucking game I'm thinking of. One
1: about. and two. Rolling Thunder Two is kind of a uncommon one as well.
2: Um. So, so the Switch huh. collection that they have, it was actually it wasn't the arcade. It was the GameCube Pac Man game that was on that. Yeah, yes. So I thought that was kind of interesting, like you said, Nintendo specific stuff being uh-huh. a part of it.
1: Yeah, which, uh, I I want to say uh, it was like 30 bucks or something mm-hmm. like that, which uh for the kind of games that you're seeing on here and the sort of like obscure ones that haven't had much uh, exposure in the home arena, I think it's well worth its asking price.
0: Yeah, I mean, even then like I, I Pac-Man versus never got the the play that it should have in that in that format, and I think if you get it like just having one switch on like the dock and everybody else playing their copies on their Switch is perfect. That exactly, like, kind of just enforces everything mm-hmm. uh, that they were trying to achieve with uh, Pac-Man versus prior. But even then, all those other games, I, I like, I, I saw it in motion. They've done a, like... Who who was it that did, like, the, uh, the emulation? Was it Backbone Entertainment?
1: Mm, I'm not 100% sure on that.
0: Because I want to say, like, the people that, like, it was, uh, either Frank that, works with. it was either I that like he or was it was, was uh
1: Digital Eclipse, one of the two.
0: Digital Eclipse, that's it. And that yeah, that's who fucking Frank Cifaldi is involved with.
1: Okay.
0: Because like he also like his last work was done with uh Disney Afternoon Collection, which right, was also yes. done really, really well. Um but yeah, I've been wanting to grab it and like, is it available physically?
1: No. Uh it was kind of ambiguous up until its launch. Like on the Nintendo website it looked like it had a physical release like you know box art and all that fun stuff right but uh, shortly before the game actually launched they took it uh, they took it away and put like a more generic icon in there i was searching up and down like Play Asia and Amazon and EB Games and like you name a retailer and I was looking for this physical version but it never happened. So I'm like, well, okay, it's supposed to be out at the end of the month, but uh nothing in terms of like pre-orders or uh or release dates or this and that. And then it just kind of dropped on the day it was supposed to and it turned out it was digital only, which is a bit of a disappointment, but at the same time it's a game that I don't think I'd ever want to be without. So having it always on the system, and it's not a terribly large download either. It's only like one gigabyte, but huh. um, yeah, it's it's a small download for sure.
0: Well, that's relieving, and it's thirty dollars.
1: About that, yeah. What's really cool is that it incorporates online leaderboards as well. So I'm top thirty in Tank Force and top twenty in Galaga ninety or Galaga eighty eight. Typically speaking, when I you know place again and again. Um, The only problem is that there are a few cheaters that found their ways onto the board. So if you see a score that's like 99,999,990, those are cheaters, Uh, especially where it's like that score in stage two of minigames. So as far as I'm concerned, take your place and subtract the amount of people that have done that, and that's your true place, your true ranking.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that like, that's the one thing that's a little disappointing with the Nintendo structure. So, for like example, uh, the Sonic Mania Street Date broke. So, uh, Sega was immediately quick to like lock uh, a lot of the digital codes that may have been in the collector's edition to pre-order. Um, but the Nintendo infrastructure doesn't work like that, and there's no like there's no way to really ban your account that I that I know of. Yeah. I think there is, but like. Nintendo wasn't exactly going to take action over something like that, so a lot of people got to play Mania early just by playing it on the Switch.
1: Hmm.
0: Like, people that aren't reviewing it, just, like, yeah. fucking, yeah. So, like, it, it is kind of a bummer that uh, there are still ways to exploit uh, that infrastructure and do so in a way that, like, just feels, it, it, I don't know, it feels no, really it's just, repressive. like,
1: mobile games, too. Like, remember Super Hexagon? Yeah, like, that was a great game, but I mean, there were people that had times that were longer than the universe has been a thing. So, Jesus, yeah. I, I did, did not... I did the math.
0: <laughs> well, um, four point five to... billion
1: years. Yeah, right. Come mm-hmm. on,
0: <laughs> is that really like on a fucking leaderboard? For I'm Super not Octagon? even.
1: I'm not even shitting you. This is a real thing.
0: I'll have to look that up. That yeah. fucking sounds stupid mm. what else have you been playing bud
1: uh oh well one thing i wanted to mention about this uh, collection too is that it actually has vertical screen support oh so you can play things in tate exactly yeah especially like galaga 88 nothing better right but here's the coolest part uh hori has made a stand for the switch that allows you to charge it while you're playing it in tabletop mode right Mm-hmm. Thing is, is that the st- the same stand can be used just to flip it, uh, flip it onto its side on the go, and there you have it, tate on the go, mini tate.
0: I think there was actually the like a uh, there, there, yeah, there was a little mini arcade accessory where you can actually plug it in that way.
1: Yeah, uh, ish. Uh th- I don't know how you plug it in that way, uh, to, to keep it secure or whatnot, because like the port is on the bottom of the system, but uh but yeah, uh I mean this is a sixteen dollar piece of plastic, right? So it's not too bad. Uh also I've come to find out that uh many Bluetooth controllers are also compatible with the Switch. So I was using the 8 Bit O Nest thirty, uh which is basically an NES controller with two extra buttons and some shoulder buttons. Uh, and while it lacks a home button, it does the job for retro-style games such as the ones that you'll find in the Namco collection. Um, I've been playing a couple other games, too. Like, I downloaded the latest uh, Neo Geo ACA titles, um, most notably uh, Sonic Wings 2, which over here would have been Aero Fighters mm-hmm. 2. And, uh, yeah, it's it's legit. It's pretty good, although I'd prefer playing it on the Neo Geo CD where it's got the... the um, the red book uh, audio. Uh, the ACA version is just the um, the the cartridge synth, which isn't quite as good, but it plays really well. Um, so that's pretty good. They also released Strikers 1945, like the first Strikers 1945 on the Switch as well, which once again has a TATE mode, which allows you to sort of play it uh, in a vertical orientation. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's Strikers. Apparently they're coming out with Strikers 1945, two and three, uh, at, at a later time. So I'll be there to buy those. They're cheap. They're like eight bucks. So I'm not exactly saying no to those. Um, there's also another one that came out with that I haven't picked up yet, but I might on Friday called Gunburich, which was kind of like a, uh, it was an arcade game done by Psycho, which were the guys behind Strikers and Gunbird, as it turns out. Uh, and actually, one of the characters from Gunbird is in it, Marion. she's a the broom riding witch, and basically it incorporates like top down shoot 'em up action with puzzle game and action elements, so like think Gunbird meets like um breakout uh with a dash of like puzzle fighter, and that's more or less what you've got for gunbird. So I don't know much more outside of that, though. I'll report back once I've uh, gotten some playtime. That play sounds time in frustrating. It. <laughs> it does, but it probably works good. It probably works well yeah. enough, and for t- for like ten bucks, I won't say no mm-hmm. to that. That's that's fine. Um, finally, like PlayStation Four, I've been playing a few games on there. I got Mega Man Legacy Collection two, and considering it's, that it's
2: because I I know you can find the first one relatively cheap, so I was almost considering getting mm-hmm. both. But I've never been huge I, on. Mega I would Man, do it. But I, I think if, having like this definitive collection throughout—if you had one and mm. two—I think would be kind of cool.
1: Well, there's a couple of reasons maybe you should get this one okay. too. Uh, never mind the fact that Mega Man Seven is over hundred bucks for its cartridge-only iteration. Okay. Um, but it's uh, it's obviously it's uh, emulated once again by Digital Eclipse. Um, you also have full language support for multiple languages but what's cool is that when you when you choose certain languages everything else gets changed over as well so uh in Japan Mega Man was called Rockman and if you change your game settings over to Japanese the catch is that everything has to be Japanese though okay uh when you switch it over to Japanese everything changes over to Rockman
2: so what was Dr. Wily um, called
1: uh, Dr. Dr. Wiley was—it was actually Wiley Hakusei.
0: Wiley Hakusei.
1: Yeah, that would be Doctor Wiley in Japanese. Um, and yeah, I mean the Japanese audio is intact with Mega Man Eight. Um, so in Metal Man, in Mega Man Eight, of course, uh, it has a subtitle in Japan, Metal Heroes. Um. So yeah, it's, it's really cool that uh, the full language support is implemented. Unfortunately, there are a couple of issues with the games that i found. Like Mega Man 7, being that it's a, an emulated Super NES game, there are going to be some audio issues, as is the case mostly with, uh, with a lot of Super NES uh, emulation. But it's close enough, I would say. It's passable for me, and I'm a pretty big Mega Man 7 snob. Um, with Mega Man, what was it? Mega Man 8 is not the definitive version, though. It uses the PlayStation version, so it's missing the two special bosses. Uh, and also, uh, especially when playing in Japanese, the stage music for, I believe the stage music for, um... Uh, Tengu Man is the worst version. Oh. So, so why why don't they <laughs> of, get the two bosses in eight?
2: Is it like a licensing thing that they
1: couldn't get that? It was actually a Sega Saturn exclusive. Oh. so if they like they they could have used the Sega Saturn version, I suppose but... they really could
0: have. I I think Sega just still retains it because it, like Mega Man 8's already been released. Like I want to yeah, say uh, three times
2: collection or whatever it was at some point, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. there was the well. There was the anniversary collection, the powered up collection. Um, I also think. Well, wait,
1: powered up. What do you mean? The,
2: is that PSP one? Are that, are, no, no, oh that no! Powered up
0: is the remake of the first one.
1: Mm. Really? Yeah, hold on. Then oh. it's only been released huh. twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, now it's been released three times, I suppose. Uh, but prior gotcha. to this, yeah, and like, yeah, with the thirty-two bit games, like, yeah, they came out at the same, more or less, the same time. Uh, but the Sega Saturn version had extras that the PlayStation version didn't. Uh to make up for that, the PlayStation version I believe in Japan had an art book that came with it.
0: Yeah, you can get extra levels in uh. the Saturn version um with also extra Robot Masters Ed, Cutman yeah. and Woodman. And um, I mean the
1: Japanese version in general has a different theme for Tenguman, Man, but the uh the English version was retained even with the Japanese language, which is kinda weird. So- So, I kind of want to pick your brain with this, too, and, like, I've been trying to
0: tell people this. People are so fucking angry that Mega Man and Bass isn't in this game, which, again, 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 it's four games for its price, but, Mm. like, they're four, like, pretty big games, especially with, like, 9 and 10 being packed with all their DLC. I don't... Mm -hmm. Do you really think that, like... Because Digital Eclipse would have used the GBA port. They would not have localized the fucking... They would not have done the localization for the no, Super Famicom th- copy. No, I think
1: they would have done it. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward thing; just change the text, and away you go. But um, here's the deal: like, I mean, it's all it's all been done for the Game Boy Advance, so it's just it's all the translations finished. But I f-
0: um, see, like, I feel like w- what would have happened if they had gone that route is they would have tried to just upscale the fucking GBA port, which would have been near impossible for high depth display.
1: Well, yeah, I-, I get what you're saying, but I, I honestly do believe they would have used the Super Famicom version. But that's beyond what I think is the main issue with Mega Man and Bass uh, on the whole. Uh, Mega Man and Base, I think, was co-published by Nintendo in the very beginning.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, and and even then, like that's why they were able to bring it back with mm-hmm. Advance. And like I don't I don't know. Mega Man and Base is just a weird. Um,
1: it's in a weird spot on the timeline. It is, but I uh, I kind of believe that it's one of the very best classic Mega Man games ever made. Uh I don't know if I'd go that far. I would. It's better than Mega Man 2.
2: Oh, I would mm. super
1: not go that far.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not big on Mega Man, but that's that's got to be a tough
1: sell. That's okay. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite is Mega Man Seven, regardless. So I, I won't listen to what anyone else says. It's purely personal preference. And as I always say, my opinion should never be your opinion.
0: Yeah, true. I agree um, with that. I, I was, that was I would, my opinion. Is I, opinion. Jesus.
1: Well, only if my opinion is exactly the same as your opinion, should your opinion be like my opinion. My opinion is the
2: same as your opinion. Only if your opinion is the same opinion that my opinion is if you. Whoa, okay.
0: (laughs) The semantics. Opinionception. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, I ate too much cheese, sorry.
0: I'm I'm totally, yeah, I'm willing to go back to the cheese. (laughs)
1: Going full full brie now, right? Uh, Did you never go full brie? 100% oka.
0: Oka, what the fuck? That is I'm say, a I'm that's say a, with a good
1: smoked gouda. <clears throat> that's a Quebec uh, best cheese. Best cheese is
0: Munster cheese. I've never had it.
1: Oh, it's so good. Okay, so this Quebec cheese is mm. Oka. Oka, it smells like fart, but it tastes delicious. It's the
2: best kind of cheese. The smellier it is, the better it is. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: If uh, if it smells like somebody cut it bad, then it's probably Oka, and it's going to be great.
2: All right keep an eye out for it.
0: damn dude gotta keep that in mind Yep. happy cows come from uh uh just the Ontario I guess
1: <laughs> Ontario um, anyway uh but yeah uh I, I'm I'm digging it uh just to sort of wrap this up quickly played wild guns uh reloaded on the PlayStation 4 I'm liking it but it's super hard uh fantastic music in that game I can't stress that quite enough uh the four player support is always nice and finally, Cinemora EX was released recently. Picked it up, twenty bucks. Not, not bad. Uh, it actually has a full screen uh presentation, which is nice. It's uh, on Switch, that, right? Uh, it's going to be on Switch. I actually also have that pre-ordered. So okay, I'm gonna yeah. pick it
0: up on Switch because I remember really, really j- digging Cinemora, and I don't believe that came out on Vita, or maybe it
1: did. On Vita, um, it did, yes, but it was sort of okay. held back. Yeah, it wasn't. Qu- it didn't perform quite as well.
0: Okay, so hopefully yeah. hopefully the uh, the Switch version, because
1: that's... Oh, uh, the Switch know, version, the Switch will be able to handle it no trouble.
0: Well, I mean, that's not the question, though, because there's a lot of games that, like, the Switch should handle it no question, but mm-hmm. whether or not it's optimized for it, like Overcooked is a prime example. We can only wait and see. Even then, Sonic Mania is having some performance issues on Switch right now. Oh, so really? I'm,
1: yeah. That's kind of weird, being a 2D game yeah. And all. Yeah.
0: Right? I yeah. I don't I don't know, I don't get it. But anyway.
1: Okay, well I guess aside from that, that's pretty much what's been in my console. Um so yeah, I suppose we should get straight on into the main topic. Uh disposable gaming, which um a lot of the stuff that we talked about here today uh sort of Cat, falls into that. Yeah. So let's get Cat- right on into it. That.
0: Okay, so, Sarah, when you mean disposable gaming, do you, are you saying I can go to, like, to the camera shop, and then I can use it, like, 20 times
1: and then just throw it away? Just throw it away? Well, sometimes, yeah, when you think of it. Uh, how many how many games do you play all the way through 20 times?
0: Um, Zero. Well... Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, I can't say. I mean, I, yeah. I can
1: honestly say that, I, well, with the exception of a game like Arizonk, I don't think I've played all, uh, any game all the way through 20 times.
2: It, it kind of makes me question, because when you say disposable game, it almost, to me, in my mind, makes me think of games you're putting all this time into, but you're not seeing results. Like, you're not seeing a payoff for the time you're putting into the game. To me, that's what is constitute as disposable. Like, you play it, and then you kind of just, like you said, like you kind of throw it off to the side, but like, I don't know. I, I guess when you kind of brought up the topic, I started thinking about mobile games almost instantly. Like, cause I feel like, but I'm not big on mobile games, right? Like I know, like, you know, right. you both play mobile games. My phone's not really built for gaming. So any kind of game I get on my phone, I'm going to think it's disposable because I'm not really worried about my progress. I'm not really playing it, you know, on a routine basis to get, you know, a lot out of it. So, uh,
0: but I agree. There's a lot of games that really emphasize that like principle, yeah. like think about like the robot unicorn games. Yeah. Like I have absolutely no reason to play any of the older robot unicorn games after three, uh, same goes for infinity blade. God, same goes yeah. for angry I mean, birds. Come
2: out, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think the, uh, the concept of disposable gaming definitely has, uh, it's basically the onion, <laughs> of uh of sort of structures when it comes to gaming as a as a whole but this onion has so many layers and it goes back so far that i think it's something that's especially nowadays that's sort of coming to the core of its uh, of its sort of essence right uh, especially where so many games and this this sort of touches a bit with previous topics that we've talked about before like uh games that have a lot of sequels like yearly like annualized sequels. Um but yeah, to me the concept of disposal disposable gaming is that once you've got a game that has a newer better version of it and this also applies to hardware too. Uh the previous version or hardware of that game, especially if it's uh, in the case of hardware backward compatible, uh is just thrown off to the wayside and not touched anymore. So I think uh, a big uh, thing or or one one particular uh, one particular aspect of this, of course, um, like you look at the PlayStation, right? Um, The PlayStation one was a vastly popular system, Uh, but you would be very hard pressed to find me plugging in a PlayStation one to play a PS one game. Uh, Oftentimes I'll just chuck it into the PlayStation three and call it a day. Um, where that's the most modern system that supports the PlayStation 1 games. And it's got, uh, you know, upscaling options and stuff like that. Prior to that, it would have been a PlayStation 2. Um, the PlayStation 2 st- is still kind of relevant, only on the f- uh, on the basis that I have games that I haven't opened that I'd like to play. Uh, but even then, I think the last time I plugged in a PlayStation 2 was to compare an old version of a game that was recently released on Steam. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that uh, that that so much uh, so much money is spent on on hardware yeah. and games, only to just be thrown away and never oh. touched again. Even even within like the used game community, right? Uh, well, pre-owned I mean, that's games. kind of been
0: that's been the nature of the beast of video games. Like God, since the beginning. Yeah. It kind of like I I think though that like more or less so in in terms of like essentially unifying or otherwise delivering everything into, into something that, that is just a uh, one machine, just one unified experience. I mean, that kind of puts everything in the perspective mm-hmm.
1: disposable, like true, I, um, true. But there's also like, like I said, there's merits to previous systems as well. So like, there's going to be games that you can only play on, say, I don't know, the NES, for example, uh, there's, you know, just not any other way to play a game. Like, I don't know, crisis
0: force we like i think well i, I didn't mean to interrupt but no, no go for I, it yeah. i want to i want to add uh, i think the one thing that like kind of causes games to become or, or be defined as disposable is that video games are locked into this fucking as far as the industry and even then for that matter the culture that feeds into us like us they're kind of locked into this internal rat race of avoiding redundancy i mean mm-hmm. let's look at and like you and i have talked about it we both own the Nintendo Switch and the 3DS and yet you have to ask yourselves like how how much have i even played the 3DS and by virtue of of the, of the topic alone you'd almost say that the 3DS was rendered disposable and yet there are exclusive games that are coming out for it like there have been two exclusive that have mm-hmm. dropped for it and like i've heard little fanfare aside from like just you know the critique of of those who played it and and you know to talk about it they're like, you know, as far as word of mouth and people actually playing it, it's it still, it circles right back to their Switch. I don't think anybody's fucking played Hey Peakman. I don't think anybody's played Miitopia. They may have been like fun distractions, but to think I know, that like.
1: I, I know people who have, and I get what you're saying, but I think in, the, in uh, when, it, when it comes down to handhelds in specific, they're probably the most susceptible to it. Uh, Because, like, look how many different kinds of Game Boys have come out. Nintendo comes out with a new, like, handheld system, like, every six months. I just think it's
2: difficult because there's no guarantees to hardware. Um, You know, they're so all over the place with how their hardware is supported. Because I remember, you know, going from PS1 to 2 to 3, you always had that backwards compatibility to fall back on. Same with uh, Nintendo. You always thought, hey, it's okay if I get the new system and I really don't want to miss out on my previous library from the old system because it'll be backwards compatible, right? And then PS4 comes out, no backwards compatibility. Switch comes out, no backwards compatibility. So it's kind of difficult to plan ahead for this stuff. Like You really don't know what you're going to get with hardware now because when you think that they're going to make it accessible for other libraries and for previous games from other generations, and then they completely go and and, and make a 180 on that, but then they're still not you know people can kind of make their choices they can they can vote with their money you know like they'll purposely not buy the system if they're really upset because it's not backwards compatible did they do that with PS4 no top selling system they do that with switch no like crazy selling since it came out so it's and if they know that going into the hardware development and they can sell the system and and get away with it then having backwards compatibility and having that access isn't always a guarantee now but then you have the flip side, mm-hmm. Xbox One doesn't sell as well, then we're getting all this crazy amount of backwards compatible games you can get from the 360. So it's it's really so hard to really know if your hardware and your library is going to be disposable because it can have new life on the new system, but only if the hardware manufacturer allows it. And you never really know what you're going to get when it comes to that now. It's not a guarantee anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. There's also like, um, when it, when talking about, again, like the handheld aspect mm-hmm. of it, uh, the newer hardware, um, sort of a quandary, and I'm guilty of this, right? Uh, all too many times when uh, when a new version of the DS or the the Game Boy or, or what have you would come out, uh, the number one thing, the, the first thing that would come out of my mouth would always be, oh my God, now I have to buy another one of these systems. But it never sort of crossed my mind that, I didn't need any of the previous versions. I could have just traded those in. Uh, now it's obviously too late to do yeah. that, right? So I've got 30 handheld systems. But then, of systems. course, you get
2: the collector's edition, special edition. You don't want to uh, part with something like yeah. that, you know?
1: You might be right, but, I mean, outside of a collector's edition console, like, none of my handhelds are collector, collector's editions except maybe one, and I'm thinking of selling it. Is, is it the personal one? Uh, no. It's actually the uh the 25th anniversary Game Boy Micro. It's worth like 500 Ooh, bucks, damn. dude. Well, that's not a bad. Yeah. Idea. It's a, that's a lot of money. That could be a oh, frame meister.
2: You yeah. said
0: everything you needed to say. Game Boy Micro, yep. sell it. it w- so, frame meisters. Exactly I've, I've got two easy. of
1: them, right? So yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, but yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to get. at. like there's there's no reason for anybody to keep a previous system if what what's out is better and they can get a really good deal by. <laughs> trading in the one that they've already got that does less. But then, but
2: then do they do they trade well, along like, the library with it, or do they just not really go back to that? Cause...
1: Oh, no, no, because that's the thing. Like with Especially with the Nintendo handhelds, everything was okay, backward yeah, compatible yeah. up to a point, right? So, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, this kind of touches back on a point that I brought up at the beginning of the show, even. It's just PC gaming in general. PC gaming, I feel like, encapsulates everything that, that would be definable as disposable. I mean, whatever... Whatever I thought that I could play will be, be rendered obsolete within it, – it. it's the shelf life on, like, hardware proponents and, and, like, the actual tech that is used to essentially power, like, just the, the performance and programming of, of, like, current up-to-date games – is being like rendered fucking smaller and smaller by the year. Like to the point where like my computer is obsolete and I, and I feel like I just had it in the investment alone. I feel like there's been literally no opportunity to really like get the time that I wanted to out of the money that I had
1: initially dropped. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah. I mean, uh, obsolescence would play a large part <laughs> in this too, but, uh, and I think maybe obsolescence in terms of the software ends of things, too, is a, is a big deal. Um, I, 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 if I love look you at saying games... that,
2: by the way. just wanted to point that out.
1: What, obsolescence?
2: Yeah, oh, That is...
0: <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a word. I, I just thought I, I believe it
2: is because of sayer saying it like that. That's... Damn, dude. <laughs> just commit, you, man. You are. You're just
0: going to give him Leguizamo. Are... Oh, God. Oh, man.
2: Not this again. Just give him Not Leguizamo. Liguisiamo?
1: oh uh, okay sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> but yeah uh there there's hardware obsolescence and that's a big part of like especially the older mm. stuff right uh but software obsolescence is also another sort of uh, aspect here that maybe not a lot of people think of it's easy to think oh yeah i've got this game and i'll have it forever especially in the in the case of people that uh quote-unquote collect physical media um But you look at games like Call of Duty, right, and every year a new one comes out, and it more or less renders the last iteration obsolete, because the crowd will follow the newest trend. Uh, With exception, like, I mean, in the case of, like, the Treyarch games, say they sort of hang back with the latest Treyarch release and don't go to the next one. Because
2: zombies and more popular modes. But at at, at, at least the the campaign's, like, you know, its own separate entity, like, you don't necessarily have to move on. If you're just playing the campaign, Mm. I feel like sports games are more, uh, uh, you know, in violation of this because with sports games, it's it's a roster change every year. Like they say they change mechanics. They say they change the gameplay, but ultimately it's just a roster change. That's really all you're getting. It definitely yeah.
1: is, yeah. Now, uh, your point is definitely valid. There's obviously that that campaign, but the the truth of the matter is, is that a lot more games nowadays just simply have. It almost seems as if the campaign is tacked onto the oh, multiplayer. Sure. Mm-hmm. So with the with the central focus being the multiplayer, uh, that's what makes more and more games disposable mm-hmm. nowadays. Just play it until the new one comes out, then pitch it, trade it, do whatever you want with it. But uh, you're going to be gone the next game anyways, and you're only very rarely going to go to the previous True. one. Especially especially with a lot of multiplayer maps and stuff being remixed oh into God, the newer yeah, games. And they like,
2: redo classic ones for the game that's already like, been mm. out and they're doing it again for another game. Yeah
1: like Black Ops 3 for example had that entire classic map pack for zombies mm-hmm. that was made for But it. let me let me kind of throw yeah. this
2: at you because I feel like because of that because of this disposable gaming kind of situation that we're seeing with a lot of your AAA titles a lot of your yearly entries you have seen the rise of games as platforms. It's become a big thing lately mm. like you have your, you know, your PC mainstays like your World of Warcraft, uh your League of Legends, Dota Counter Strike. A lot of these games are probably not going to change or come out with a sequel anytime soon because they keep on adding on to the core game to where it is its own platform. Um, And we're seeing that now with, I know Street Fighter 5 has come out and said that it will support the base game with DLC content, new characters, balances. Um, I I know, you know, there's like Street Fighter is the main one that pops in my head, um, but I know there's others that kind of are going to adapt this you know, this one game comes out and then you add on to it. Now, do you feel like that's mm-hmm. disposable with the DLC content, or are they trying to go past that by giving content to an existing game?
1: I think it all depends on how popular the game gets, if I'm totally okay. honest. Like, I mean, adding on to it, yeah, it's not really dis- disposable because it's it's persistent and it's it's additive, uh-huh. right? Uh,
2: like, Like Overwatch is another one. Where not only do you buy the base game, yeah. but it's content and it's free content. So even better. Exactly.
1: Now, when that starts getting you know, consistent upgrades and, and new versions that you need the new disc to play, right? As as soon as you, it requires new software to play the game, and it's better than the old software, then the old software Absolutely. falls off to the, the, the wayside and it becomes okay. disposable.
2: Yeah, which, which I think would have to happen, I feel like, eventually over time. Mm-hmm. They would have to release a, there's a, new definitely a, a new, like you know, physical form of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely a place for it, but it's kind of interesting to see how, like, w- with so many games being so like each other with minor, uh, mi- minor changes and and you know very slight variations. Like you look at old games, you've got Super Mario Brothers one, two, and three, each vastly different. different. Yeah, N- absolutely. None of them disposable from each other, but yet they're they're still part of the same series you yeah. know what i mean it's it's kind of it's kind of a shame that most that more and more games are becoming less like that is is there and a game with,
2: now that you can think of that does that where it's it's a part of a series maybe with the exception of like final fantasy or something like that is there another series that can come out with radically different no. games but still be a part of this core like series
1: Maybe not. I mean, I mean, there's Dragon Quest and stuff like that, right? But that still falls within sort of the ideal behind Final Fantasy 2. Well, I mean, even then, there's it, like then. Musou games. Oh, that's a good one too. Actually, the Musou games. Oh, like uh, how many Dynasty Warriors do you want? Right? There's no but way. Here's the th- there's no way you'd play Dynasty Warriors two today, right? You'd play Dynasty no. Warriors eight. But then. But think about like the fact that I want
0: to play Hyrule Warriors, or maybe I want to play Dragon Quest Heroes, or maybe
1: I'll play Gundam. But aren't those Warriors? the same game? Just I mean, in a different they're... skin at that point. Yeah, but those appeal to very specific fandoms okay. too, right? So th- th- I would say that uh, that falls within like cross uh, cross collectability, I guess you could call it. Right? It's a game within uh, a fandom's subset, but it's a different genre. So it's going to appeal to certain people. Those ones, the one-offs that are, that are from like a larger series are less likely to become disposable because they appeal to one specific. Which is fandom. why everyone should play when Gears you've got a... Cerberus. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Number right. one. Or, or like all of the final fantasy seven offs. play them all. And then, qu- then question your life. But uh, with, uh, with, like, you say Musu, though, right? And and Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors is a perfect example, though, that you can have installments that are not disposable, but the main series is completely disposable. Because, <laughs> like, there's, like, eight main titles, and then, like, extreme what, half of those have Extreme and Legends? And yeah, exactly. S- same with oh, Samurai Warriors. God. Samurai Warriors is exactly the same thing, right? And, uh, I mean, as soon as you start getting sequels, though... That's where it starts to become a little shaky. Like already there is what di- um, uh, Dragon Quest Warriors two yeah. or Dragon Quest yeah. Heroes two. It didn't measure up though, so I don't know if they're going to continue with it.
0: Well, I mean, I, there are different choices, changes there that can possibly like that. That point might be argued, but I mean, you can you can apply the same argument to Mega Man. I mean, oh, definitely. In case in point, but
1: Mega Man's a little different too. Because We don't have a new Mega Man game. Well, yeah, that too. But, I mean, look between, like, obviously the first six are going to have very similar, like, visual and sound aesthetics. But each level is so expertly made that I think the previous games still have merits.
2: So so do do you feel like because a new entry in the game comes out that's better made? that makes it'll, it'll make the previous game obsolete because the new one has more.
1: I think, I think because like each, each Mega Man game from one through six has an innovation that the other one doesn't have. When you think of it, like a a really good innovation, one that's worth making it play, uh, worth making it looked into, but where the previous one is still worth it because, uh, the, uh, the design choices in place make it one that, uh, that differentiated enough. You know well, what I mean? They're, also right? not, they're not in so the like,
2: mentality of turning like out another one every year. Like Mega Man games didn't come mm. out every year. It wasn't an annual franchise kind of a thing either.
1: Well, it started when? What? 86 for Mega Man? I want to say. Uh, a little yeah, later say, than that. It was like... 87? 80, you historians, you... No, 80, 88, that was Mega Man 2. Oh, all right, then 87. Yeah. So oh, 80, damn. I just no, shot myself yearly. in the foot. Was I was like, yearly. they come out yearly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> they did. It was kind of it was kind of weird that they stuck with the NES as long okay. as they did, though. So, oh it yeah, dude, that.
0: like six came out. Six was one of the last fucking NES games to come mm. out. But it came out in I like ninety three. I think the point is though, like, all right, like you know, let's referencing back to Sonic Mania, like playing that game only made me not only appreciate, but it made me want to go back and play the other ones. So like. Mm-hmm. I mean, by virtue of of what you're using to define it, I mean, with all case and purposes, like Sonic Mania is a fucking incredible. Like, it is an improvement upon everything within that that subset of the franchise, those original Genesis titles. And yet, I don't think it's done anything to make me never want to play those other titles. I'm still gonna play them. Now, oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably gonna be affected by nostalgia. Yeah, absolutely. But like, even then, just on a fundamental level. I mean, there are still, there are certain things that maybe you, that we all, like, strive for, like, uh, and and you can even boil that down, like, for all the shade that we throw at Call of Duty, I mean, we may not, like, embrace it or otherwise completely comprehend it at first, but there can be a certain nuance to the, the execution of zombies that is in Black Ops 2 that would not uh be in Black Ops well, not go- see this is where like my COD knowledge may fail me but like n- zombies in one game could be completely different from another game and that fun that like that change as uh minute as it may be would be enough to completely redefine like someone's approach to it and completely combat like the uh, definition of disposable there are I agree with that,
1: that. I-, I do agree with that but just today I was talking with a guy who had one heck of a hankering to play Kino Der Toten from the first Black Ops and he was like well how do I how do I get this map on PlayStation 4 and the only way to do that is obviously to get you know Black Ops 3 and the uh, the downloadable pack that has it in it, but that's the thing. The newest one has a downloadable pack to it. You don't need the older game. That makes it truly disposable.
2: Hmm. Like when they rehash the stuff you want to play, but then cut out the rest of the stuff. Yeah, yeah pretty
1: much. They they trim the fat. Is well, what they yeah, do.
2: they they focus on the one thing that people really want, and then get rid of the rest. But it's like that's kind of what Call of Duty has always been. Like at some point in time, people have just. And they won't do it because they know they can have a better chance of selling you a $60 game when you really just want the multiplayer for, like, 40 Like, they, they could do that. They could just sell multiplayer only for 40 bucks, and people would buy just that because who cares about the campaign if they're strictly about the multiplayer? But they won't do mm-hmm. that because they know they'd rather sell it for 60 and and still only have people play just the multiplayer. Um,
1: I mean, these days it seems that no one's playing it for the campaign no. anyway.
2: Which... I've only ever played the campaign. Even that, I haven't played the campaign since, like, MW3 or Black Ops 1.
1: Yeah, modern. I-, I played through Modern Warfare 3 just to finish the story. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to the multiplayer, I haven't no. touched it since the Black no. Ops 1.
2: MW2 is the last time I played a lot of its multiplayer. Although, I kind of am interested in World War 2 multiplayer. I don't know why. I- I'm-, I'm, like, kind of. Like, we're talking about disposable stuff. I'm, like, I kind of want to play the beta. Like, which is, like, the most disposable form of any game ever. <laughs> Is playing a beta, but, uh, I still want to do it. What's wrong
1: with me? Free-to-play I mean, games are pretty disposable, though. There's always a new version of those.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you kind of have to justify how undisposable or indisposable they are based on how much oh, money you Oh, my God, you then you have them. to play it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, that's where I'm at with Go. I put too much money into Go. Um, I can't, like, but even then, Go means a whole lot to me. But even then, you eventually can
2: cut ties with it. I I can't tell you how much money I spent on Blacklight Retribution, which no one's going to know what that is now in this day and age because who's playing that game still? But I dropped a lot of money in that game. And I just am always like, I should go back and play that because I spent so much money. But if I went back now with all the rebalancing and all the, like, whatever they've done to the game since then. Oh, your money oh, yeah, has been useless. rendered like uh, nothing yeah. i'm going to have now is going to be worth it so it's not even like you almost can't play the game now because then you'll realize how much you spent and how much of it you cannot use anymore it's just a, it's just a very bad reminder
0: well hopefully um i don't know i th- i think there's just going to be a conscious effort hopefully i mean it, it's weird because you you operate in a spectrum where you have to keep you have to be profitable and in doing so you're going to see like some transparent moves that, that that, like, you know, but they work. I mean, even that like they do. I I mean, I can't justify enough, like how much I'm, I'm not collector's edition. I'm just, I don't, I don't have the room I always say that. And yet I've, it's, Oh God. And, and then like we, you know, we've probably done the first, uh, we yeah we've done the very first unboxing we've ever done for PPR and like there's other stuff too and like I I don't know it it just depends like when there's a concentrated effort that can that can definitely justify the the cost and it's something that you can I think the 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 definition disposable in my personal opinion if I were to contribute anything more is it I I think that that is entirely up for the argument of subjectivity like uh you know honestly Andrew while Blacklight may be it it may be obsolete now and there may be no point in jumping into it at that time and at that place that you did spend the money and did invest the time I mean you have to think about the hours that you Mm -hmm. did get out of it and what those hours personally mean to you I mean, and whether or not you'd rather trade well, them sure. back uh, or, or what they you mean. You have
2: to kind of have that argument of money invested in something like the, you know, money uh, like per hour spent on something like, should I buy this game for $20? How many hours will I get out of it? Two hours. OK, is it worth $10 an hour? Like a lot of people break down their gaming with that, you know, uh, that, you know. That's how they kind of calculate their their investment is how many hours can I get out of this game? Is it worth X amount of dollars for that? And then you have people that compare it to watching a movie. You spend ten dollars to watch a two hour movie. Is that worth it? And and that's a lot. And I, I kind of do that a lot as well. But ultimately, it's like you said, if the experience was worth the investment, then there's no real problem with that. Um, but then like Sarah's been saying. Do you still buy the same game every year if you know like a new one's coming out or do mm-hmm. you like I like do, do you waste the time it's, do you waste the money knowing that this is going to be temporary
1: The way the way that I kind of see it these days especially these days uh, with rare exception is that all too often you know the stuff that we uh, that we play is kind of like a like a disposable camera you get your memories and uh the camera's gone but you've still got the memories for it right it's not exactly like buying, going out and buying a DSLR anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's it does the same thing. It's just really expensive, and it takes up more room in your in your place. You know, Um I think uh you know that's it's the unfortunate byproduct of uh, of how people always want more, and if you know, with more comes maybe a little less because they're they're either tired. They're the you know brand fatigue is something we've talked about before um you know multiplayer maybe not might not hold the same sort of weight with them over time they might maybe want more substance in the game's main campaign that they're maybe not getting um it's good that games are there's there seems to be a shift now between uh you know the uh, the multiplayer crowd and also the um like the story driven stuff like i don't think there's any multiplayer in like horizon zero dawn yeah, for example
2: not
1: Right. So, um, you know, it's good that more games are taking that sort of an approach, something that someone can sit down and really sink their yeah. teeth into and something that becomes memorable enough that, yeah, maybe I could uh, play it again, you know, later down the line. But especially with all the reduxes and stuff that are coming out between generations, like I'll never go back and play uh, my my PlayStation 3 copy of Valkyria Chronicles. I've got that on PlayStation 4 and mm-hmm. Steam. Why would I do that? Like it, it it means that I've got to hook up a PlayStation 3, open my copy of Valkyria Chronicles, and then play it, right? So it, it yeah, in that sort of aspect, that version of the game is more or less completely disposable at this point, where a better version you already exists it. on a platform but, that's but more relevant. But you kind of
2: have it as a collector, and I think that's where a lot of this falls, is that you get a game, you yeah, collected, but... you're not going to play it again, but you're going to collect it. And there's
1: it's a by. It's basically just a byproduct of my my loss of time to play these games. That's mm-hmm. all that is. That's the only reason I've got a sealed Valkyria Chronicle on my shelf. I if I could find a buyer for it, I'd. Sell I
2: think it. that's what a lot of this does kind of come down to that there is like, you know, the mentality of do I keep the things I've bought? Do I resell it? Do I? I I don't know. Give it away or do you repurpose it? And uh, I feel like I'm not buying as much physical as I would like to, I'm buying digital. That's always going to be stuck with you. Like you'll always have it if you own it digitally, you know, but, but you,
1: but then, yeah. and to that end, I'm very careful with what I sure, buy digitally. Sure, because then you know, you're stuck
2: <laughs> with it. You're like this is an investment yeah. above, you know, anything else. Cause there's no way to recoup some of
1: your expenses. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I still buy Neo Geo CD games. They are the best versions of those games because everything coming out on the uh, uh, the Switch is nice. It's great. It's got you know online leaderboards and high def visuals and well, it's chunky, granted, but still, uh, the fact that the CD Red Book audio is on the uh, the Neo Geo CD games though that puts them above what the ones that are being available downloadably uh, are. Right? If they incorporated the music though, man, I don't even know if I'd bother with the Neo Geo I'd CD anymore. Both.
2: Just buy yep. the whole
0: collection over again. No, I get what you're saying, man. Like I, I, I definitely parted with uh, certain versions just because I had that version. And then there are other times where, like, I'll own the same game twice on different consoles, just to be obnoxious. <laughs> who, who cares? I've got Final um,
1: Fantasy four like seven or eight <laughs> times. It's I've lost count. Yeah. It's stupid.
0: It, it, dude, it really is. It's all dumb, but. I think the point overall is that at the end of the day, like the disposability uh, of a game can sometimes can still be equated to uh, subjective value, and then there are those games that just can't—that they're just hard shit, like just absolute <laughs> horseshit.
1: Yeah, I just wish more. I just wish more publishers wouldn't treat their their creations with such reckless abandon you know if they put a little more care and a little more work into them they could be as special as the older games that we know and love and they could they could be less disposable for that I mean there's still merits to buying the entire series of, um, of Assassin's Creed for example yeah they're very similar right but each one adds to the story that the other mm-hmm. one doesn't um but, man, Call of Duty, I mean, how, how many times can you fight the same sort of war?
2: <laughs> I mean, eventually, I think it's just going to be sales will dictate.
1: Well, then they went to the and future. Then, and then they went back. And then and that they didn't back. do much. Yeah. They've, they've, they've already went, done that, yeah. Uh, so.
2: But I, I think sales will ultimately decide the fate of a lot of those series. Like, there's just too many people that buy just one game a year, and it's either they're buying Madden, NBA, or Call of Duty. It's just that's the game they buy. That's their yearly entry. And, and that's, you know... There's a market for that, Um, but I feel like eventually, when sales kind of dry up, and they're starting to, I think, for a lot of those games, they'll have to come up with something else. I think that's when you'll see them as, Mm -hmm. we release a one game, and then we come out with a roster update, we come out with new maps, or, you know, and I think it'll all become that platform-specific kind of gaming experience, where you have the one game as a base, and then you add on to it. I think that's their next step.
1: Yeah, it would definitely give the game more value and longevity, for sure. With that said, you all in for Chell, or what?
2: Are we in for what? Mm.
1: NHL. Um, I
2: don't know what that is.
1: What? What, NHL? NHL? Like NHL? What?
2: Like, my, like, hockey. Like NHL, like, like, hockey. like hockey.
0: Hockey. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of us. Like, Mighty, that, that is your, that is your exposure. It, to it you really
2: mind. is, Jesus pretty much. I mean, come on. Oops.
1: Oh my god!
0: What, I mean, dude? I'm still <laughs> kind of bummed that the Kings choked. So, uh, like, I'm I'm not reeling over from I'm still reeling over from last year. S-
1: salty wounds, huh? Mm. Sports, mm. lame. <laughs> X-Way sports. I, I, I can only
2: compare that to the WWE games. So that's all I can really compare it to. I yeah. guess that's true. Which cool. that's
1: coming out on Switch this oh, year. Oh god, yeah. that's
2: gonna be interesting.
1: Pretty neat. Uh,
2: I just bring back Day of Reckoning. That's all I need to do. I'm not even asking for like the N64 games. Just bring back Day Reckoning, and that's, and uh, then we'll be all right. I, I'd be done with that. I don't know, man.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm also cool with WWF WrestleMania the arcade. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's also pretty. Shawn dark. Michaels dropping the Heartbreak Hotel on people. I'm right there with you. Oh no,
0: dude, that's a, That's in the house. Oh shit. WWF in your house. Okay. Okay. That is the sequel to ah, WrestleMania. I see. Yeah, all they're right. both
2: fucking no, stupid. They're the best, games, man. Though. Midway I forever. It. I love it.
1: So what do you guys say? Episode yeah, ends. Let's
2: go. Let's, let's go get some games oh, yeah. we're gonna regret later. All
0: right. Cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you just listened to PPR episode one hundred and five. Nailed it. One hundred and five. One
0: hundred and five. Did it. It's <laughs> canon.
1: Uh, what kind of housekeeping do we have, George?
0: Um. Well, at the moment, you guys can definitely catch some new play play videos that we've done to uh, commemorate the release of Sonic Mania. Uh, currently we have out Knuckles Chaotic Sonic CD we've also got Sonic 3 and Knuckles Um, along with a bunch of other uh, play plays we're we're gonna have uh, Haunted Castle uh, fucking uh, Injustice Uncharted Collection and and others Uh, we also have some reviews down the pipeline where uh, we will be reviewing Monument Valley 2, Tacoma uh, as well as Sonic Mania uh, and some other coverage and we have a, a stream prepared where uh, I will be along with my girlfriend Val streaming Sonic Classic Heroes uh, we're gonna prepare for that on Friday we're still setting up everything and we're gonna set up a giveaway for Sonic Mania for the Switch so we're gonna release more details in concern to the giveaway but that's gonna be on uh, the Press Pod Radio Twitch channel Uh, which I will be dropping links for, respectively, not only on the website, but various uh, social sites for PressBuzz Radio and my personal, uh, as well as I'm sure everybody else in the cast will. Um, And we're going to come up with some sort of rule. I think we're going to kind of try to give everybody uh, benefit of the doubt to hedge some bets on like how far we'll go. Um, For those who are not familiar with Sonic Classic Heroes, it is a ROM hack of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 where uh, they combine uh, the levels of Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 into one giant game, and the emeralds uh, from both special stages. And at all times, you have Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles with you, very much like the uh, 3D counterpart that inspired it, Sonic Heroes, that you can switch between at any time uh, and use their respective uh, cooperative abilities to fucking team up and do shit. So... It should, it, it's, a, it's fucking, it's a great ROM hack, uh, and I'm really excited to play that. We've already done some tests, and it'll totally work, and um, aside from that, uh, we've got some other videos and reviews on the way, some other editorials that I want to kind of touch upon, um, and uh, Andrew and I are kind of working on a regular stream schedule that we're still workshopping, so... Uh, We'll do that. Plus, we've also still got some ideas for Game Fest and other stuff. But aside from that, a shitload of reviews and a shitload of videos are still hitting the site. And then speaking of videos, uh, Sarah, I mean, you got a lot going on with Bullet
1: Heaven. Oh, yeah, all the time. Uh, Basically, we've got uh, more or less uh, three episodes a month of Bullet Heaven that go up. But we also do weekly streams uh we all we uh uh Deruna and I actually team duo uh, leading up the uh, the stream on Friday uh on YouTube the Mud Prince mega stream we take three games play all three games and uh, we have a lot of fun over there we also stream on Twitch on Saturday uh same sort of deal except uh, sometimes it's just final fantasy uh, runs um but uh, we like to think that we've got a good uh, amount of uh, of content that goes into those. Um, basically uh, we start our stream at 10 pm in Atlantic nine pm eastern and uh, six pm Pacific and uh, yeah it's a pretty good time. It, it, it is. Uh, um, uh, if sometimes... I sometimes
2: jump in to say I've been on a few sure um like I was uh, I missed the bullet soul YouTube stream and I'm really sad I did because I was really looking forward to it and I had to work. But um, I've been in on a few Uh. of the YouTube streams, and the community of people you have there that are interacting are really cool. Um, Oh, yeah. They're a lot of fun to talk to, and um, it was a really good time. You guys are really quick about answering questions. You guys are, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, historians, so you're always dropping some information about what you're playing. And it's a lot of fun. It's good to watch. And and honestly, if you missed out on some of the live ones, they got the, you know, archive stuff. It's cool to check it out, but there's nothing like watching it live absolutely
1: yeah and uh, I mean we've got Daruna uh, manning the chat so anything <laughs> that comes up in the chat she'll she'll actually read back and we'll answer yeah, almost in real time I'm honestly not joking so I it's... want that helmet <laughs>
2: helmet <laughs> man it's, it's too good
1: I, I bought that at a Halloween store and I just kind of cut out some holes for the headphones and wrote in Japanese it's on the stuff, front for sure. it's pretty cool yeah every now and again oh, I wear that for my special streams
0: Uh, Yeah, see, we still got to, like, correlate that and kind of get everything uh, fucking organized. But, like, it's going to be some exciting stuff. Plus, we haven't forgotten about our anniversary commentary. Uh, Somebody, some people have been asking. It's going to happen. I just don't know what fucking movie we'll do. We've done all of them. We kind of knew we'd, like, hit our glass ceiling at some point. Um, So, I don't know. We haven't done Double Dragon yet. We haven't done Double Dragon. We might (sighs) do Double Dragon. (sighs) Shit,
2: that's going to be really bad.
0: <laughs> I, but like we got to change it up. I think we'll probably throw a drinking game in it again for good mm. measure.
2: We might die. I'm we might die. die. <laughs> Instead of alcohol, <laughs> let's do cheese. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. down
2: for cheese. All Fuck right, it. Cool.
1: Cheese till well, I die. It'll be uh, the PPR cheese chat em up.
2: Sorry, Sarah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. All
1: right. No, that's all right. Yeah. Was... Uh, what was I saying though? Some of our videos. Oh, yeah. We're, we also do unboxings now, too. That's pretty cool. Uh, we just recently did the unboxing for the Retron HD by Hyperkin. Uh, we've got some other neat stuff in the pipeline coming from Hyperkin, actually, as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we also did the collector's edition for Battle Gariga and Darius Burst CS, which is pretty cool. Um, again, we have a some other stuff for the coming Hyperkin in.
0: mouse is coming up on mm, the
1: site. That's going to be neat. So, yeah, uh, lots of video uh, video goings-ons uh, on all fronts. More editorial coming in, too, obviously, from all of us here at PPR. Is there anything you're up uh, to, Toast?
2: I am surviving. That, that, that's all <laughs> I do, but I am very happy and very uh, fortunate to have people like yourselves creating great content and giving a lot for people to enjoy. So I will be there uh, just being a fan is what I'll be doing. In yeah, always I'm always He's there. Our, in Absolutely,
1: our eternal roadie. Always, always. yes. All right. Well, Fearless I guess leader. <laughs> that,
0: that's that's, not... thats what I call him. Fearless leader. I—I I, I,
2: I deal I in the so... shadows. I'll let everyone else take care of stuff uh, for me. I guess.
1: Sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in to Press Pause Radio. It's been a slice. We will be back again at some point, I'm sure. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Until then, this is the original Sarah.
2: And this is Georgie Boy's axe. This is weird. Yeah, I'm toast giving two thumbs up to the mic right
1: here. <laughs> I can it see it. Way up. Way, way in.